And now, it's time for the Dad Bod Rap Pod with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Dad Bod Rap Pod, episode 148. This is the annual Dad Bod Rap Pod Awards. Nate, is this the second or third annual? I forget. I believe it's the third. I, th- I think we, we discussed, we didn't do a real award show in 2017. We did a full-on okay. award show with uh, fake clapping and fake classical <laughs> yes. music uh, in 2018. <laughs> I had a lot of fun putting that together. And then last year, we had an excellent uh, discussion about the year end, and we also had the guy with the best record uh, come on and yes. accept it, which was pretty epic for us at the time, um, which he, we didn't really make it like accept it. We don't have anything to hand him anyway, but that was, that was Woods for Hiding Places, uh, a yes. record I'm still obsessed with, and I feel very good about that pick. I'm actually conflicted about our pick in 2018. Uh, we picked Daytona as, mm-hmm. as the best album of 2018, mm-hmm. and I yeah. don't know if that would make my top five at this point. I, I don't go back and listen to it. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll do a little uh, looking back, maybe at at some of our picks later in this episode. Uh, my name is Damone Carter. For folks who are just joining us, aka Dim One, I am joined by Nate LeBlanc, uh, who is our odd budsman. How do what do you call it? I am <laughs> Ombudsman? Odd, odd budsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, super producer to the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, and we are also joined by the man, the myth, the members only jacket. No? <laughs> David Ma? <laughs> members only, dog. <laughs> you, you have to be a member to know, so I can't answer Okay, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not up on that. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Dave? You all right? It's going well, man. Good to be here with you guys. Um, you know, the fact that it's an end of the year show means that we made it to the end of this fucking terrible year. So glad to be here. Terrible year, uh, generally speaking. Great year for rap. We're back doing another award show. This uh, is our third time, but we have not um, figured out like a cool name. Like I keep going back to like the daddies. And oh. I, don't, I just don't think, I think oh. that has a lot of different connotations. Totally. That's, just, that's totally. our crew name, so we can't also name <laughs> the award after that. That would be confusing. And what would the statue look like? Exactly. That's where this breaks down uh, every year. So uh, thank you for, for tuning in. We have a pretty extensive show. Um, we are going to go over the best and some of the worst of uh, rap in 2020. We've got a special guest coming on to an accept a non-existent award. Uh, and we've got the Dad Bod Rap Pod editorial board, which is right there with the New York Times editorial board in terms of uh, picking an album of the year. And we also had a bunch of uh, correspondents, homies, friends of the program, incredible artists chime in with their best of, worst of 2020. And we'll share some of that in just a bit but but let's ease into it let's ease into it we'll start with the light category um let's start with best rap adjacent album and, and for those just joining the program um rap adjacent is like an album that's not rap but kind of fits w- in the rap universe a, a little bit um of which there's actually a lot of stuff um and so 
we we pulled our uh, our 12 friends of the program homies for their opinions but i want to start with mr nate leblanc what was your best rap adjacent album of 2020 it's actually two albums because the best rap adjacent act in the world right now is salt uh the band salt s-a-u-l-t yes. so they're, they're two albums untitled parentheses black is and untitled parentheses rise close parentheses incredible music protest music funk soul uh, it's just amazing amazing music it's it's almost like i was gonna say when you were prepping the intro like think of a portis head right that's rap adjacent mm -hmm. right it's like yeah, production techniques but yeah. in like yeah. 1997 you would have said dummy was the best rap yeah. adjacent album for me maybe salt will come to define this category. Like it's, it's like made yeah. for hip hop heads by people who are obviously of the culture, but they just bring like this soulfulness and this movement to it. That's just beautiful and incredible. And I just, I, I can't imagine my life without this music. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, well-timed, well put together. That was my pick as well. Mr. David Ma, do you uh, agree or you have another album you want to um, I, <clears throat> I definitely agree. Um, I didn't want to be redundant. Actually, this reminds me how like Nate and I always end up fucking overlapping each other every year <laughs> for these awards. But um, I think this year the clear winner is Salt. Um, I would like to throw in Karangbin as well. Um, just for sure. obvious, obviously for like the drums and the eclectic nature and them just being everywhere. Um, love, love that music that, I love that music like that is, is, getting, is getting out there. Mm -hmm. um, I think their mm -hmm. single We Won't Forget is one of the best singles of the year. And so, yeah, yeah for me, it's uh, Salt and Crombin. Uh, okay. Crombin okay. had that good EP with Leon Bridges as well. I was going to say Texas that, Sun. Texas Sun. Yeah. And then the, the album is great. And we, we talked Amazing. about this a little bit on an earlier show, but it's so interesting for Crombin to have gone from kind of an instrumental act to incorporating vocals into their sound totally, and missing totally. a step. And actually right. probably being more accessible to yes. normal people who just don't listen to instrumental music as a course of their, their life yeah. because, you know, you have to fill in some of the blanks and visuals for yourself. So yeah, great, it's, great addition. It seems yeah, like, totally. more like for them, it's a little bit more just washes of vocals. It's not like straight lyrical stuff. So yeah, it fits in perfectly. And um, I think this year will be would be defined by them and Salt, personally. Right on. Uh, let's uh, let's see what the the peanut gallery, as we affectionately have called them, uh, throughout. Uh, other releases that got mentioned for this category were um, uh, Fielded, Demisexual, Lovelace, The Heliocentrics, uh, Telemetric Sound, Bunch of Votes for Salt. Um, yeah, It Is What It Is by Thundercat, I think would be the only other one I want to mm. hold up, which, which wasn't um, I didn't love that record, but um, a lot of people do. So one of, uh, one of the, I, our most repeated back to me podcast moments of the year was when I said on an earlier show that I think people are lying about listening to and enjoying Thundercat. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people in my personal life text me about that, either to agree with me or to make fun of me for not getting it. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um. It's a particular kind of sound. My my son is super heavy into into Thundercat. I think he represents uh, something else for the youngins. But um, let's go on to our next category, which is best album cover of the year. And I feel like this is going to be another uh, three way 
tie, but you know, <laughs> for, for the sake of uh, good podcasting, let's go to you, Dave Ma. Best album cover this year. Um, you know what? I, I know what you guys are going to say, so I just won't say it. But I think so for me, I'll just pick a different one. I really liked um, K-Town Oddity's cover. Yes. Um, that one yeah. really sort of speaks to me and it like encapsulates the whole album and the, the creativity and the, the narration and the, narr- the narrative that he, he talks about. Um, for me, that would be it. But let me just kind of load it up for you guys. I would think it's Shrines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much Shrines. Nate, tell them why Shrines is the, the album cover of the year. I'll say this. If you want the whole story, and I mean yes. a detailed rendition of the entire story, you can mm-hmm. listen to our Arm & Hammer episode from earlier this year. It's a great episode, great interview. And Woods, who's the label owner of Backwoods and so responsible for this stuff for the group, Uh, both as the artist and the the kind of label guy goes into the kind of odyssey of how he secured this amazing image, which is a full-size Bengal tiger locked in a New York apartment. Um, And if that's not a (laughs) metaphor for the year that we've had, where we're all, all of our (laughs) metaphors tigers are locked inside of our literal apartments. Um, It's it's just an incredible image. The way that the album cover is rendered, especially on the vinyl is really thoughtful. And um, they, they, they were smart enough to like give it negative space around it to have its mm-hmm. impact uh, really hit. And then I just have to get in one really quick joke that I just thought of. Uh, K-Town Oddity, K-Typography. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really like the K-Town record as well. It's like, yeah, you know exactly yeah. what you're going to get when you see it. But for me, Shrines, for reasons of kind of metaphorical resonance and encapsulating this it just extremely odd year is pretty clearly yeah. the best album cover of the year. Yeah. And, and Woods, who is, uh, who was one of our uh, contributing voters this year also voted for shrines. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but I agree with them. It's, it's definitely the best uh, album cover of the year. Uh, K-Town oddity, a great honorable mention. I love that he went with like the seventies um, Winston Salem cigarette mm-hmm. ad. Mm-hmm. kind of vibe to his shit it, it's mm-hmm. it's really it's really classic so um and we'll we'll be talking more about k-town oddity um as this program progresses next category we want to talk about the best feature verses of this year um so there was there and there's been a lot because it seems like everybody just features on everybody's stuff mm-hmm. all the time um, but Nate, what was that one feature for you? The Money B Memorial Award, not Memorial, he's still alive. Commemorative uh, Award. <laughs> my joke answer is every Jay-Z verse on a written testimony. Because that Ouch. allowed the record to exist. Ouch. Uh, but my real answer is uh, Tyler's verse on oh. Freddie Gibbs, oh. something to rap oh. about. That's mine, dude. I swear. <laughs> oh my god. I, that's crazy. I, 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 I even put that in the ballot. Out of, out of all of the hundreds of that's insane, verses, mate. that one wow. was the one that stood out to me the most. One sort of because I've never really thought of Tyler as like an MC's MC. He's always been more of an artist. And so to hear him just to come just like stomping into that song, rapping so great and kind of like with a winking, like, hey, I know I'm doing this and I'm pulling it off kind of vibe. I just thought was really great. And then I'd like to give an honorable mention to Open Mike Eagle's verse on Rap Ferreira's Pinball. 
um, because you, you learn so much about Mike and his ethos from that song. And there just aren't very many voices featured on that. It's just him and Mike Ladd. And I, I'm like one of the world's biggest Mike Ladd fans. So to see kind of Mike Ladd return was, I, I, it was hard for me not to make that an honorable mention as well. But I just thought Mike's verse on that came off really great. And I know they have a lot of personal history there. So it's kind of them coming back together just fantastic so those are those are my things what about you dave it sounds like we uh we agree i know i know geez i i literally though out of all the guests these spots, guys that was the one but um you know what i'm gonna go with black thought which is sort of an easy one at this point but i mean he had such a crazy year um guest spots he was on droog's album he's on static selectors shade noirs saw rocks west side guns um you know i mean with with black thought you you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get yep. immaculate breath control literary and historical references galore and just like his sage presence and um it's hard to pick just one because all of them sort of encapsulates him and uh so i'm just gonna go black thought in general best feature verses of the year there it is there it is yeah definitely can't go wrong with black thought as we record this this is the three-year anniversary of his funk flex rap hall of fame coronation free spell um that that basically shocked the world and i think um and I think set him up for the run that you just talked about. I mean, he was known as being right. top tier lyrically, but I think uh, the Funk Flex freestyle uh, reintroduced and kind of solidified and affirmed that he's literally that guy. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, a verse that Billy Woods did on uh, Droog's new album and this album title is escaping me right now. Uh, the song title is escaping me, excuse me. Um, but, uh, I, I loved it because it was unexpected in a way. Um, in some ways, Woods seems to exist in a, a different universe than most rappers do. And to hear him kind of, um, lined up with a, you know, a very straightforward rappy rapper, um, was great. And he, of course, held his own. It sounded great. Uh, Woods has an amazing voice. So, um, Yeah. Features, um, features, features. The the track that you're referring to, Damone, is called Odessa, and it's Odessa. Uh, thank you. And it, it's off of uh, Droog's um, latest album. I actually interviewed him for it recently for OK Player, and I was like, "Who who did the best the best guest feature?" And w- without hesitation, he's like, "Billy fucking Woods." So there, <laughs> okay. so there you go. Okay. There you go. I had to okay. edit the, edit that out. So <laughs> that's dope. Um, what were some of the uh, our our fellows? Uh, mm-hmm. Um, versus this year, Black Thought also on the on Droog's new album on the uh, the song mm. Pravda, right. Freddie Gibbs on Five Hundred Dollar Ounces, mm. uh, Billy Woods on Preservation, Lemon Rinds. Um, we'll talk about this in, in our snub section at some point a little bit later. But Preservation is a record that um, I think we're gonna circle back to a bunch of times. Um, Benny the Butcher on Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist Frank Lucas. It's gonna show and, up in my list later. Uh, Alaska on Ode to Camp Low. And it wasn't Alaska that picked it. <laughs> so just so, so you know, he's, it's, uh, that's uh, an, objective, an objective take right there. So we're just getting warmed up. There's a, a bunch more categories coming up, including album of the year. Um, and we'll also get into our crusty things we didn't like this year section in just a bit. We've also got uh, a super dope interview lined up connected with our award show. So 
the fourth annual Daddies. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Dad Bod Rap Pod continues in just a moment. Just that quick, the wall was a pile of bricks. Devil's greatest trick gets lost in the mix. Hash balled up like toddler fist. Tar ooze out the clip. Cigars, I'm rich. Sail the gulag archipelago on a skiff. Peer into bottomless pit. I don't do kitsch. Yeltsin vomited and sank dead blood from his lips in the spot. Puffy would drink. Throw new money at new money till Sean do his thing. VI with the worst guy waiting in the wings. I'm on CCCP time, they had to stop and think. Private equity will run a train on your central bank. Viagra crunching like Skittles. I went from dead stock to the top of discogs like Stinger missiles. Now you want them back, but it's only one issue. I gave them to some guy. The collective works are called Marks. Feed the ducks in Gorky Park. Bird watch, don't confuse Robin and a log. The air crisp, the sun sharp. Tell my old bird hop in the car. In the winter, the moss pitch takes a few tries to start. Dad Bod Rap Pod, we're back. Episode 148, our annual Dad Bod Rap Pod award show. Segment two, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into the best ofs 2020, getting um, the conjoined twin of Nate and Dave's opinion, and then uh, consulting the list of our contributors. Um, so you'll know about all the fly shit that happened this year. So let's... Um, Let's dig into best song titles. I, I basically made us put this in because I consider myself to be kind of a connoisseur of interesting song titles. And uh, Rap Ferreira and Elucid's Nostrum Grocers Project also mm. had amazing song titles. I just like, I like to consider an album as the whole thing. It's the art, it's the song titles, it's the mm -hmm. running time, it's the sequencing, right? And just especially in the streaming era when the main way you encounter mm -hmm. an album is visually first, you see the little square and then you click on yeah. it and you get some information about it, right? So I just wanna shine a little bit of light this year on an artist I was not previously familiar with who I'm kind of becoming a fan of. I believe he's from Charlotte, North Carolina. His name is Lord Jamonte Ogbon. Mm. He has incredible song titles on this album, A Moment in Time. I'm just going to read you guys a few. Okay. Roaming in NYC with my bitch who got attitude problems. <laughs> Word to mother, we up. Now I need a hundred bands. And this is my favorite. <laughs> Apple Watch plays going crazy. My shit jumping. <laughs> if you can look at that and not want to hear the music, we yeah. can't be friends. Like, come yeah. on. You have to click on that, right? So um, it's an interesting record. It's like a, a very loose kind of a cubist approach to rapping. Um, and I recommend that everybody listen to it. But I, I just had to give a special shout out to those songs. Okay. Dave, fave song titles for you. Um, you know what? The Just sort of off top, the one that comes to mind most is um, Cape Town Oddity's Kim Chi. I, I just love the fact that there's a rap song in 2020 that's named after fermented cabbage. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, as a kid growing up listening to hip hop, you, there's lots of hip hop titles. And like, I yeah. would never imagine that there would be one called Kimchi. And I think, I mean, and it certainly is fitting of, of the narrative, fitting of K-Town's uh, um, um, whole approach. So um, that, that's going to be mine, Kimchi. Kimchi, yes. Um, for me, I, it, it may seem a little bit 
I don't know, boring compared to some of those titles, but I just love Bitter Cassava. Like, mm. I just feel like it's it's uh, the sound of the record, the lyric that gets worked in around Bitter Cassava, and the mm. title, and the fact I listened to it probably 7,000 times. Uh, that, was, that was definitely one of my favorite song titles. Uh, along with uh, Boldy James on the Versace tape, he has a song called Long Live Julio. Um, in which he doesn't tell you anything about Julio. He just kind of like, and I love that. I love titles that like maybe are obtuse and like a hint to something that's maybe not even in the song, but. Maybe him um, and uh, Julio are down by the schoolyard. I don't know. <laughs> uh, bring it back I, to Paul Simon Joe. If, uh, and uh, we, we should just say Bitter Cassava is the lead track on Shrines, Arm and Hammer's yes, yes. amazing yeah. album this year with uh, a guest burst by Pink Sifu. Yeah, which is uh an amazing, an amazing record with, with other amazing song titles. Our uh, esteemed group of contributors threw out some song titles that I'll, I'll go through. Uh, the World's Smallest Violin, K-Town Oddity. Um, Bitter Cassava, 86 to 96 probably off the shrapnel record. <laughs> That's pretty um, Thundercat, Dragon Ball Do-Rag. That's is a pretty my, good title. That is a good say. title. Yeah. Yes, I, I, one song I enjoyed off that album. Uh, Free Joe Exotic, uh, Coochie Scout, Dave, I know that resonates with you. <laughs> um, Try Jesus, Don't Try Me um, by mm. Toby, in, I can never say his name, in, Gre oh. in Greg Way. Yeah, that's um, a good title. Uh, Toby is the new Big Crit, and I, knew, I know Big Crit still exists, but that is Toby if you haven't listened to his stuff. It's, kinda, it, it's like Big Crit and like Kendrick Lamar, at church kind of vibes. Um, pretty good. Um, and yeah. in, in case they don't come up again, I do want to take a moment to pause and uh, give some props to the Shrapnel album. Uh, Curly yes. Castro and Prem Rock yeah. on the vocals, Elucid as the main producer. Um, really, really good record. I thought it was a big artistic step forward for both of those guys who I consider to be friends of the program and we had on yes. as guests. And um, Castro in particular just had a really, really good year. He also had the Blue Edwards record and just want to give a shout out to those guys. I, I, also, I also really like the, the cover art on that one as well. And Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yep. Backwoods um, killed it pretty hard with the cover art this mm -hmm. year. All right. Let's uh, next category. Best instrumental album slash beat tape 2020. Um, beat tape's a lot more common uh than they have been in years past i think every year we're kind of getting more and more of this type of stuff um i don't know that i was i was more into beats last year as i'm looking at my ballot but uh nate leblanc what beat tape instrumental project resonated with you uh i'm gonna go with a uh, friend of the program controller seven's album exhale <laughs> <laughs> I see that I see the Davis as well. Um, uh, I, I love this record. Um, we heard about this record for like basically during while it was being made. Like uh, Controller Seven is is a buddy and someone I correspond with pretty often. So I, I'm just really proud of him. The year he had, um, he put out the album Couch with Mestizo and the album um, I can never remember. Buddy, Billy, Billy, Billy with with. Uh, the artist formerly known as Buck 65 and he just had a great year. He's an awesome dude. Um, getting to know him again through doing the program is really cool. C7 just sent us the wax, which was really cool. Like now mm -hmm. I've got this in the permanent collection. Dave is featured on it. 
exhaling <laughs> Dave's, Dave's first uh, appearance on wax that I know of anyway, unless he's got an old. Uh, wow. um, and then wow. I want to give a shout out to Camo Ellis, which is a, a little uh, instrumental EP that Camouflage Monk yeah. and Deuce Ellis put out that I just love. And yeah. uh, Ken Strumentals for a lot on my plate, which I think is a hilarious beat tape title for Kenny Siegel. Cause yeah, I would say he has a lot on his plate, like making the greatest records in the world. And a lot of them mm -hmm. are alternate versions of beats that he had already put out mm -hmm. and stuff. It's just, it's a great listen. I, I just know I'll be listening to that for a long time and I really love his sound, but all right, that's enough for me. All right. So controller seven, um, exhale, Dave, I didn't know he was on the record reprising the role he plays here by just breathing. Um, so excited, excited about that, Dave. You're, you made it on wax before me. I did, um, I did. Uh, what was you know, your uh, instrumental record? Well, mine was that album, the same, uh, Controller 7, um, Exhale. And um, by the way, I did that Exhale in one take. Uh, <laughs> but, um, one take but, Jake. You, one take Jake. But, you know, I mean, I, w I just don't want to get too redundant because Nate already covered it. Um, Controller 7, big, big friend of ours. And Nate and I say this all the time, like, he kind of can't do any wrong. Like, I just love his aesthetic. Loved it since uh, Left Handed Straw. Love it now. Um, yeah. And actually, this year, I, I don't think I listen to that many instrumentals. Um, so I, I think my list is going to be very limited. Um, my mm -hmm. first cut is um, By Every Means Necessary. It's a bit, it's a bit biased because it came out on Needle to the Groove, which is a record label that I also help run. But um, that, that's by Prince Paul and Don Newkirk. That's uh, right. Great soundtrack. selection. Yeah, it's a soundtrack to uh, the Malcolm X documentary. So um, I think it's a little slept on. I think people should check it. Okay. Um, and, and also just um, I want to thank everybody who bought it because we sold out. Um, but okay. but on this category, I want to shout out um, Small Professor, um, a John Supreme volume one. Um, OK, that has gotten a lot of plays um, on my Spotify. And I just want to shout it out because it's just it's just filled with a bunch of enjoyable beats. I mean, we can like we can semantically break it apart. But I mean, he just kills it with every sample, every loop, um, just the way things are layered. Um, what more can you say? Um, great, also, shout out record. to. Also, shout out to Ken Strumentals as well, because I just listened to that and I was a big fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ken Strumentals, definitely high on the list for me. Um, it's so dope to listen to the beats without rappers. Not that, because the rappers were A-list, the ones he had on the beats, but then you take the rappers away and you're able to uh, experience the beats in a totally different way. Um, and so I really enjoyed listening to the, to the Kinstrumentals 4 project with that lens of like, these are all things I've heard before, but being able to experience them. Um, to this end, I'm gonna pull a slight end around right now. Um, the Paraffin Instrumentals Ooh. just came out. And that is also very cool to listen to, um, having listened to the album itself so much. Um, the, the instrumentals really hold up as, uh, as their own kind of, thing and so um really really juiced about that uh that's it yeah such such a great project obviously as a rap album works well as as a, a beat album so our esteemed panelists who voted this year picked um some instrumental records that i haven't heard but i'm excited to check out uh rjd2 the fun ones uh quakers super k heavy tremors couple votes for Kinstrumentals. Uh, Zilla Rockers Don't Drop a Beat Tape Zilla, which I, I didn't know about, which I, I definitely want to check out. Uh, Marble Posture by Doof. 
not familiar with. Dakim Rigos of Mini Moods. Uh, yeah, and then more instrumentals. So, um, uh, just gonna say, Damone, you probably have heard those Zilla Raka beats because I use them to score our uh, takeoff episode. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I don't Shout know if you actually to... listened to the show, probably some more than others, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I, think, I think you had to listen to that one because you hadn't heard the other people's takes exactly. at that point. So that, those, exactly. we, I use those in between all of those other things. Uh, and then the, the last one you mentioned, I really want to listen to because I don't know if we're supposed to say this or not, but um, Sterling Tolls, the producer of Manger on McNichols, filled out a ballot and his yes. ballot was like fascinating. And I'll yes. be looking at it for years for clues to how he does what he does. And so if he thinks that's the best instrumental release of the year it's probably something we should all examine yeah that's that's dakim rigos of mini moods um and and shout out to sterling tolls for like indulging us in in sharing his best uh, uh sterling tolls interview i forget what the episode number is but was an amazing interview probably the uh, best one of the year right. with I some th- heavy competition <laughs> all right so let's move on to Kind of a strange category when I had I had trouble kind of filling out, but other folks had ideas. Best mixtape or EP of 2020. Uh, Dave, what did Nate pick? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with a, a late year contender. Um, I like I really really enjoyed 38 Special's uh, Crime Scenes that that was that literally just dropped like a few days ago. Yes, okay. it's, him, it's him rapping over classic beats. A lot of the ones that you'll recognize, ice cream, um, some, some weird liquid sword sample. And it, this is sort of in line of, of uh, what he's been doing this year, which is sort of wrapping over these old school beats, but like sort of breathing life into them. Um, it's not just him straight up wrapping over cream. You know what I mean? It's like okay. a slightly new interpretation of it. And, okay. on, and on this one, crime scenes in particular, he's wrapping with a little bit more gusto. Uh, in general, you know, 38 special has like a laid back sort of flow mm. but on this he's kind of going at it just a little bit more and it's definitely something that you can pick up on and uh i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna say that's my mixtape for the year that's awesome yeah it's a uh, him and green lantern doing like their oh. um uh like last year's one was they did 1994 this one's all reinterpretations of stuff from 95 i haven't actually listened to it yet because i was listening to other stuff this weekend to kind of prep but i i just have to say i think for dave and i would both say spesh had an amazing year sure. um, and it's hard when you make these lists because he didn't have this one transcendent record that would like thrust it up into the upper echelons of like a mm-hmm. album of the year contender but if you look at the productivity and the consistency it's right. just incredible like he's he's totally. one of the best rapper producers in the world right now and i feel like not nearly enough people are talking about that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i appreciate you bringing that up dave um i'm gonna go i'm gonna give it to uh that camo ellis ep that i talked about okay. earlier like we used okay. the beats on one of the shows i just really really like that that record there's something more than the sum of its parts it's basically like four or five instrumental songs and camouflage monk you might know um, from working with West Side Gun, he's been working with them since the beginning of the Griselda days. And Deuce Ellis is a really interesting person. He like his newest project is he designed some shoes, like on his okay. band, on his band camp. You can like buy some like sho- like sneakers, some high tops made out of Italian leather. I was like, I didn't see okay. that coming. I'm fascinated. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, w- I wish more people would listen to that. I think that's a really cool record. What about you, Dima? 
Um, again, this wasn't a, a category that I had a, a lot of contenders for, but um, I am a real fan of the Versace tape. I, I feel like uh, Baldy had an amazing run this year with all of his records. Um, but there's just something really simple about it. Um, Jay Versace, uh, you know, a viral sensation turned producer, um, has that thing that like when people first play Street Fighter and they don't know all the buttons and they're like lethal because they have no, <laughs> they have no, uh, you know, preconceived notions about what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, Versace finds a, a, a cool sample, figures out the best part of it, and then Boldy goes in. And some of these are just really um, cool little loops and it's kind of mm -hmm. weird. So um, that would be mine. Uh, I'm grateful for our contributors this year for kind of giving me some more things to chew on. Uh, other mixtapes slash EPs that were mentioned, Lupe Fiasco's House, uh, BLP 2020, King of the Night, not familiar with it. Bob Villain, we live here. Also not familiar, but I like the name. Um, <laughs> Def C, Scenic. Burner and Larry, Burner and Larry June, Cooks, Cooks and Orange Juice. Like uh, Larry, June, Larry June had some interesting records this year. Um, he's not showing up on our list, but there's a couple things I liked of his. King Von, LaVon James, Conway the Machine, Lulu, and uh, another vote for Versace Tape. Our next category is Top Prospect, the rapper that we feel will blow up in 2021. Um, some really interesting titles here or artists here that our, our contributors put in. But Nate, who for you seems like they are on the cusp of blowing up in the year of 2021? I almost didn't want to put uh, someone for this category because I nailed it so hard in calling that YBN Corday would become an international superstar <laughs> two years ago. I wanted to retire on that one, but um, my answer is Stove God Cooks. Um, I think yeah. he um, it came out of, in our little niche, right? In our kind of like cinematic crime rap, underground rap niche, he's, he's getting to be pretty well known. Um, and I, a lot of people liked his album, Reasonable Drought, more than I did. It never really stuck with me as an album, but he has been murdering the guest verses. And Absolutely. I think he'll be a, a household name in underground rap circles, whatever that gets you these days uh, by next year. Like his next album will probably be one of the best albums of next year if they get it, if they get it put together. And it'd be interesting, even though I love him over the rock, um, you know, instrumentals. And I, I understand why they put him forward in that way. It'd be really interesting to hear him on some, some different um, sounding kind of textures as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, who, who is your uh, top prospect for 2021? You know what, this one's hard because I don't know who's really going to blow up. Um, but I mean, I can, I can kind of sort of tell you who I'd like to see blow up. I was sure. really into the Red Veil album this year. Yeah. And he's, um, you know, I, I don't know that much about him. I guess his, his background is a little bit shrouded, but he's a kid from Maryland. He's definitely of the Earl ilk. And he, he kind of makes music that you wish Earl would have made had he not gone this direction. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I like Earl's new direction, but um, it's a little bit more happy, but it's sludgy. Um, it's intricate. It's, it's very poetic. And um, again, it's, this, it's some kid out of Maryland who started making music when he was 11. Don't know much about him, but I'm a big fan. Um, second, okay. uh, second that I hope blows the fuck up is Shea Noir. 
Um, yeah. I think I think in a year filled with a bunch of female rappers, um, I loved her album with Apollo Brown, who was also on the program. Um, she was also on the program. Um, she was on the program with Nappy Nina. So that was a, a double header of strong female rappers. But um, her album, As God Intended, I think is a bit of a sleeper. It's really easy yeah. to have that on and think it's kind of boring, but uh, she's really intricate on it. And um, her history and her sort of, of scene right now with 38 special i mean i think that's only going to get bigger so i don't i don't know if she's going to be on the cover of magazines but i'm really hoping she's going to blow up absolutely that's that's a great great pick dave what about yours uh, for me my top prospect this is where i take on the role of dave ma and agree with nate that uh, <laughs> the top prospect is stove god cooks mm. um i was really impressed with uh his i was introduced and impressed with his verses on uh, the Fly God mixtape. Oh, that should have been my mixtape. I want to mm. recount. Fly God is my mixtape. Uh, I, I, really, I really listen to Fly God a lot. Uh, and I, I feel like he, he has a voice. Every so often, you come across a rapper with a voice. And you're like, oh, OK, that's it. You're, you're the voice. And mm -hmm. I really do think his ceiling is, is really quite high. I mean, I know, Nate, you, you had him kind of slated for kind of the underground um, uh, coke rap royalty. But I don't know, man. I think with everything that the direction that Benny's trying to go into and this kind of like um, Rockefeller uh, reboot type stuff that they're doing, uh, I think he slots in nicely. And I feel like his voice and his cadence are going to um, definitely take him far. Now, we didn't have a worst album cover category, which we – no, we did. Um, so change, I'll hold change my vote. your vote retroactively on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Reasonable they know what drought. you're getting at. Woo, woo. Um, yeah. So let's go to the ballot and see uh, what other projects, folks, kind of, or what other artists people champion for top prospect. Uh, Lyric Jones, who was on the program not too long ago. Uh, Akai Solo, who's Super dope, been doing incredible things. Did we have STNAC on? We had STNAC. We did have STNAC mm -hmm. on. I love yes. that someone chose that. Um, he's like dominating his lane right now. And I just think if yeah. more people listened, and I think there's, there, this is a little bit of a theorizing thing I haven't really thought about. Given the prevalence of like Spanish, like, mm -hmm. like music with Spanish as the primary language, like Bad Bunny has the best biggest record in the world right now, like more people could be listening to ST Knack and rappers like that who like kind of go back and forth between the two. Crime Apple also comes to mind mm -hmm. um, where it's like, it, it's, it's, that is kind of the lingua franca of pop music right now. So someone who has that, that foot in both worlds kind of, I think has a higher ceiling perhaps now. I don't know, I'm just making this up as I go along. You, you, you know what though, I, you know who I felt about there was a Latin explosion in like the, the mid nineties. And I hate that they use terms like that. Um, <laughs> I really, I really felt like uh, Cuban links was going to be a beneficiary of that. Do you guys remember the rapper Cuban links? Yeah. a little bit. Uh, and I was just like, Oh, and he's, he was like, dude, I'm Cuban. Like you can't, people were like, why did you name yourself that? He's like, I'm Cuban. <laughs> like, this is going to work. These are my um, links. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't pan out for him as as well as it did for J Lo. But uh, other artists mentioned uh, a couple votes for Stove Got Cooks. Um, Alaska, which I think is great. 
I, I just um, think that I thought that was kind of funny because uh, he's literally been rapping for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. A, a, a overnight <laughs> sensation in his third exactly. decade rapping. BFB the Pac-Man. He which was all it, over a couple of people's ballots. I literally don't mm-hmm. know who that is and we'll look it up. No clue, but you're right. It, it shows up multiple times here. Um, interestingly enough, now you have to listen to Flo Millie's album because Sterling Tolls played Flo Millie. Um, so there you have it. That is our contributors, top prospects of 2020. Um, I hope everybody blows up and figures out a way to continue to grow and build on their career and make money uh, during the pandemic. So that was section two of the Dad Bod Rap Pod Awards. We are going to have a musical number come on next um, featuring Eminem's Lose Yourself and Katy Perry. <laughs> descending from the ceiling in a chariot. Uh, and then we'll be right back with more of our awards. Dad Bod Rap Pod. And the Tesla swerving, swerving on these niggas. Talking to my man, he said the last batch that came in was worthless. I told him now with a cook like that, it's just a bit of a burden. Just drop the price a couple points to keep serving. Red velvet Louis jacket, I'm wearing burgundy. See the heat coming off the hundreds, the money burning. Dad bod rap pod, we're back. Let's call this segment three. We're gonna delve a little bit into what kind of grinds our gears, uh, annoying the worst ofs, if you will. We do uh, a great deal of personal self-reflection and growth not to be crusty ass backpackers on this program, but it is in our core. Let's not, let's not pretend there's not an angry little backpacker that lives in the, inside all of us. So we're gonna let them out for a little bit, um, talk about some of the, the lowlights of 2020, if you will. Let's start with um, most polarizing album. I call this the some rap songs, uh, you know, commemorative award. Award. award, yeah. And so it's it's the album that people kind of either love or hate um, and is really nobody is in the middle on it. Dave, is there an album that that stands out to you as, as being particularly polarizing this year? Yes, um, not not only kind of what you see online, but just personally as well. Um, the new Benny album. Oh, Burden of Proof. Yes, yes Burden of Proof. Um, expecting much yes. more kind of hit or miss um from Griselda's best writer I was just expecting more all right Nate I picked the same album for all the same reasons <laughs> uh, and I don't have a backup surprise. so I'm just gonna talk about it more um I, I think this this we talked about this fairly extensively when uh, D- Dave was on uh medical uh the, on the injured reserve and we had Max Bell in here that's right Max Bell came in uh, both barrels loaded ready to blast on Benny. Um, (laughs) I just, I I don't hate it. I don't Mm -hmm. love it either, but I think the discourse around it was extremely polarizing. And um, I I actually, I listened to it more than once, which is basically like that. That's like the whole- It's a classic now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um, And I wanted to hear how Benny matured. And if this is what he has chosen, I'm supportive of him. It's not, I don't love it as much as Tana Talk 3. I don't think I could love anything as mm-hmm. much as Tana Talk 3. That's what I want from him. But I get he can't do it over and over again. That's not the kind of artist he's going to be. And so that's fine. Yep. All right. All right. So we have two for Burden of Proof. 
Um, I agree that that is the most polarizing album. Uh, honorable mention in this category is A Written Testimony by mm. J Electronica. Right. Um, some folks really not feeling it, um, and, and some folks are, are really championing it. So I landed on, um, I like it a lot more now than I did when it first dropped. Those of you who listen intently to this program will remember that I had, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was aight. Um, now I, re- I kind of feel like it's a really good record. If you kind of separate the, <laughs> you all, take the, all the discourse out of it, it, you just listen to it as rap music. It, I think it's a really, yeah, I think it's, it's a good record, but the, so there's definitely folks that it's disagree. so hard to do in the moment. It's like totally, you right? live in the discourse. You're swimming through Twitter all day on your phone and you, all these interesting, funny people have all these interesting, funny right. takes. And it's hard to know what you think really until the, you know, the gift of hindsight, kind of. Yeah, later, later, later. So I, I, I'll submit that. It's not a question we ask our, our panelists, but we'll, we'll probably throw that out next year. Um, another bonus question. Nate, where is Kendrick? Polishing his trophies. <laughs> uh, True just, that. Uh, what a year to sit out. Like, what yeah. a year to have nothing to say. Totally. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm picturing Kendrick in the outfit he was eating elote in in the tree. <laughs> I, like, house shoes, cut off dickies, wandering, piddling around the house. Some days yeah. he goes to the studio in a mask. Some days he doesn't. He's just waiting it yeah. out. And when he comes back, it's going to shock the world. And, like, I just, I have every... I don't think he could possibly do what he did before. So I'm so excited to see what he does next. And I'm all about take your time, drop when mm-hmm. you're ready to drop. I hope mm-hmm. it's not label politics. There's been a bunch of label politics over there. Seemingly, I have no insight into this. I'm just looking at it from the outside in. But like, bro, when you're ready, we're ready. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Dave, yeah. Will, we get a, will we get a Kendrick in 2021? You know what? I was so certain that we were gonna because I read some stuff about him um, filming videos and stuff. But I mean, sort of to Nate's point, I I hope he's just chilling in a palm tree eating elote and he's just gonna <laughs> cascade upon us with fucking the dopest shit ever. Because I mean, what a year to like let your thoughts bubble. And I want to hear what he did and does. Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to predict we will hear from Kendrick in 2021, but I, I'd certainly like to. And I do feel like, I'll throw this out, um, I do feel like when you take extended breaks and rap, it's a death knell. I, mm-hmm. nobody's, nobody's really, you know, with, the, with some very light exceptions, nobody's really crossed that bridge. Uh, Mace fucked this up many, many years ago. Uh, so okay, not Simone, that it's literally hilarious. You just talked about how you like the J Electronica record. And then you said you can't take long breaks and <laughs> rap music. I just had to point that out for you in case you were not listening to yourself. Thank you. I said with some notable exceptions, <laughs> um, with some notable exceptions, but also, you know, J Electronica just sat on some shit he should have released, uh, many years ago. Imagine how now. it would have cemented his place and like changed mm-hmm. the course of his life you know it's just, mm-hmm. like, yeah. absolutely and, and i guess there's a difference between like not doing stuff and just sitting on a bunch of genius shit you did you know what i mean and just yeah like, yeah we, and, and i'm sure kendrick's working i'm sure he's still in the flow he did some he did some feature verses this year i'm not sure if they were rec- recorded this year he shows up on buster rhymes album i mean i'm sure he's fine but i i do get a little bit worried because rap is is a at Kendrick's level, rap is a zeitgeist thing. 
And once and once you get out of that flow, uh, I think it's really tough to get back in it. So um, hopefully we will see Kendrick next year. Uh, all right, next category we're going to tackle is most disappointing. We will set aside burden of proof for a moment. <laughs> if anybody was going to bring that up, we we get it. Some folks don't like that. Um, besides, well, other than that, Nate, disappointing. What was your most disappointing album? I never know what to say. We do this every year, and I think every year I end up saying Nas. But, like, <laughs> how dumb am I oh, yeah, to yeah. allow myself to be disappointed again and You again. were, though. You know what I mean? I, I did not like this record. Um, I don't plan on listening to it again. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Nas. Uh, King's Disease. King's Disease. Thank you. I was like, all Ugh. I can think of it is, like, Gout the Gout album. <laughs> the Gout, Gout album. Hop strikes again. <laughs> Uh, Dave Ma, most disappointing album for you, 2020. Um, you know, it's funny. On uh, on my notes here, I have one and two is uh, Nas's album. So um, I, <laughs> I swear. Um, well, well, Nas is just one of those like you know he he he's like a he's like an aging boxer that you think is gonna have one more good fight in him, but he fucking doesn't. You know, he keeps getting nope. he keeps falling on his own sword. Um, my most disappointing album of the year is uh, the Armani Caesar album, and it's not. Mm. It's not necessarily because I'm the hugest fan of hers. Um, it was a year when Gr it was Griselda's most powerful year, right? I mean, they're just emerging all over the place. And she was Griselda's first woman, uh, you know, first woman yeah. of Griselda or whatnot. And I felt like not only did the album not get proper support, it kind of felt a little throwaway. So, I mean, that yeah. was my takeaway from it. I mean, I'm going to yeah. give it another listen, but given the sort of groundswell for Griselda and just how this year was, um, I can't believe that they're big woman rapper they it seemed like they kind of just like threw her a bone and, and moved on it was it's, it was really weird it was a little Ooh. disappointing yeah um, and i'm hope i'm wrong with the, with that but um that was certainly uh the most disappointing to me it's an okay, interesting okay. choice and i have to say it's bad when the album cover is the best thing about a project totally so it's a really <laughs> that cool three-eyed elizabeth taylor really that's cool pretty like you it instantly marks it as like a griselda thing that's like very clearly west mm -hmm. side guns kind of vision but then right i don't know the rapping <laughs> yeah it's it, the, the whole thing in general i think is just a disappointment i mean uh, especially on social media. I mean, all they do all day is just big up each other, but I kind of don't see Armani Caesar like in the conversation, mm -hmm. strangely. Not that yeah. I follow her super intently, but it's something that, you know, I feel yeah. kind of weird. So Dave is basically saying she uh, got a milled, if you guys were into Rockefeller at all. <laughs> uh, uh, may possibly tokenized. Those were not great beats. Right. I, I, right. I, that's my first time really listening to Armani Caesar. I could see why. They, she could be primed to be, mm -hmm. you know, that that person on Griselda, but I, I do not feel like she got the A plus plus production there. And the, and mm -hmm. the raps are a little bit lazy in a mm -hmm. year where women were killing it, killing it, um, killing it. And so unfortunately, that that kind of works against. Um, for me, I was a. Uh, I'm disappointed that I'm disappointed by this record, but I am. Um, Black Thought, Streams of Thought. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. I tried. I tried right. a, another time and I was like, no, man, this is a, uh, this ain't it. So I agree. And, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's so weird to, to hear him be so godlike on everybody else's record. But then, like, his record, um, just to me, was things I didn't like about Late in the Game Brutes. 
Mm. Like mm. we're this too grand, too flowery, too mm -hmm. I don't Portugal the man is cool. Right. Like, but, who, like who's who's dying for that collab? <laughs> not me. <laughs> not me, Brad. Not not Portugal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to like interject here briefly. I hear you. Um, I ended up really liking Thought versus Everybody, and it made my songs of Same. the year list. So it kind of saved it a little bit. Um, actually, great taking, song. Taking the Damone yeah. uh, take, if there's three or four good songs, it's a good album, which is yeah. not something I personally agree with. But on this one, I, d I don't want to, you know, make a podcast about how I don't like Black Thought. Like that's the opposite of what I want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I love the say, guy. I was disappointed in the Salam Memory record. I just not really into Black Thought Records. I think he's an amazing guy. Yeah, but, I, I think yeah. With, with both of those examples, it was more the the beatscape for me, for sure. For sure. I mean, I mean if, sure. if there was a if there was a remix project and it was large professors. Those verses. And yeah. those verses, it would be yeah. that one of the year. Yeah. So, I mean, as Rick Ross has, has proven, 89% uh, of being a rapper is just choosing incredible beats. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and like, the work is done for you. Ooh, uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's see what our contributors listed as their most disappointing pick. Um, the young, brilliant mind of Sean Kantrowitz agrees with me on Streams of Thought, Black Thought. Uh, Shabazz Palaces, which I did not listen uh, to that record, um, but I just got some shrooms, so I will revisit. Um, <laughs> L. Michael's Affair, Adult Themes, Good News, Megan The Stallion, that was kind of boring. Uh, J. Electronica was picked as a most disappointing twice. Uh, ASAP Ferg, Floor Seats, uh, Burden Approve, Black, two votes for Stream of Thought. Interesting. Mm. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're fickle rap fans in the sense that we're blessed with so much great material we can sit around and talk about uh what was most disappointing but obviously everybody's great uh okay next category worst album cover of 2020 um nate tell us what we're all thinking say what we're all thinking right now I i'm i doubt this is what you guys are thinking it actually might be what dave is thinking because we oh, texted no, about even... it yesterday no <laughs> You gotta right, call on Dave first sometimes, so it seems like I'm agreeing with him. Um, wow. Dave and I are both super into this run that Killer Priest is on. Um, his album Rocket to Nebula like blew my mind, and okay. he has a new record okay. called Third Eye in Technicolor, and it's so great. But the album cover is so bad; it looks like one of those magic eye things from the mall, like from the <laughs> from the '80s, and it's weirdly like kind of quasi spiritual and it just doesn't make sense as a rap okay. album cover in 2020 when like anyone can make a cover like does that <laughs> resonate with you oh, God. um well i mean I, I mean not only are you taking my um picks but you're taking my analogies as well <laughs> um yeah a total 3d thing that you look at hoping that a better cover image emerges you know <laughs> yeah um yeah to nate's point we've been totally enthralled with killer priest and if somebody was like yo check out killer priest in 2020 we'd be like what but literally um third eye and technicolor was like a sleeper hit that just dropped like a couple days ago and it is a phenomenal album but only diametrically fucking opposed by how terrible the cover art is. seriously <laughs> that, that is i'm embarrassed wow. sending 
people. Because I sent it to my friend AJ Allen. Shout out to Allen. I was like, check this out, but please, like, don't judge it on the fucking. Don't <laughs> <laughs> don't judge an album by its cover. But although most of the times you can, as a former record store employee, most of the time you can. I think to this point, and I'll I'll round it off here. I think we're in an interesting phase where rap covers are trying to be more artistic and ironic. And sometimes that hits. Um, Reasonable Drought by Stove God Cooks was an example of that not working too well. Um, but you could see what the, the kind of artistic bent that they're going for. I just want to bring this up, and I'm, I think a couple of our contributors uh, noted this as well. My worst album cover is Buster Rhymes' uh, Extinction Level mm, Event 2. Um, that's a good one. So, so bad. So, 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 so bad. Um, I can't, I don't even, it's like you see something and you're like, what was the thinking that went into that? Totally, like, who, totally. what creative team, who greenlighted that? Mm -hmm. um, did Virgil do it? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, uh, a couple folks agreed with me on Extinction Level Event 2. Somebody said a written testimony. A lot of, Yeah. Um, the weekend after hours, that's kind of cool sneaking that in, uh, other, other things for worst album pick, uh, logic, no pressure, which I, I can't see logic album. So I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Um, yeah. And that, and that was about it. Uh, let's move on to most annoying rap trend of 2020. What is that thing in the discourse in, you know, the rap? spear that grinds your gears the most david ma um rappers running for president nate leblanc <laughs> Ooh, quick three quick three pull up um, Boom. i mentioned it earlier as a joke but uh calling albums mixtapes retroactively when they don't sell will never stop okay. annoying me but one i stole from our contributors comments and it's mostly because i'm old and i don't understand it is the discourse around clubhouse mm. I, yeah. I don't get what anyone's talking about. I don't get how it works. <laughs> I didn't get on Twitter until many years after it was out. I'm probably going to be like, you know, the, I'm, I'm going to be popping on Clubhouse in like 2025. Um, I, I just, I never know what anyone is talking about. Is it like that you, it's like phone rooms where people get to talk? How do they not interrupt? It's a, it's, it's, I don't get it's it. It's a party, it's a party line on steroids. No, I actually have no idea either. And I've been, um, I've been waiting and wanting somebody to help me understand. So dad bod, rap bod, li pod listeners, if you can explain to us what the fuck Clubhouse is, we would really appreciate it. Because I don't want to bag on something just because I don't get it. I just, I want to, because you're right. If, if that shit moves our podcast, I will be on Clubhouse next week. If I can figure <laughs> it out. I, I do not hate TikTok. I do not hate Clubhouse. I just, I need to understand how things work. Um, and, and but that, that academics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently, academics is in the clubhouse, so that's not a strong oh. for it. Yeah, um, I said what I said. So let's see. My most annoying for 2020 um, is rappers uh, claiming that they're underrated. Rappers kind of saying, I, "I don't get this enough." Conway was the king of this, and he's amazing. But that shit's just really, really annoying. Like, if, if you're the greatest, if you're amazing, I, I don't want to hear about everybody totally. slept on the album and didn't do this and that. Like, bro, just just make the music. Um, and, and let the fans, let the nerds, let everybody else kind of duke it out. I think when you wade into that yourself, you kind of, 
I don't know. There's just something a little bit goofy about that. Now, I will say this. Um, Rap Ferreira was very adamant and, and kind of uh, vocal about how good Purple Moonlight Pages is, but he wasn't going, y'all ain't giving it the props it deserves. Mm-hmm. He was just saying, you need to listen to this shit. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, can I jump in there for a second, Damone? It's This is kind of a long time ago now, but I think you guys probably remember our um, interview with Quelle Chris. It was one of the last ones we mm-hmm. did in public mm-hmm. before the world mm-hmm. ended. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something I think about all the time, which like we, I think we, maybe I asked him, like, so you're kind of underrated or something like that. And he like took a moment to like really bring us down the road of, no, I'm not. The people mm. who've heard me rate me very highly it's just that not enough people have heard me and he had like different things about different records of his and like he understood the discourse about himself and where he stood in the culture and after doing hundreds of these interviews i really appreciate an artist that knows where they stand and it's like sometimes in the way of like you know we get a lot of like dms or emails like hey you should have me on the show it's like I haven't heard of you, so that's probably not going to happen. And sometimes I can say that in a nice way, and sometimes I ignore it, and sometimes I, I just be like, that, that, that's not going to happen. Um, but mostly for these bigger artists, though, well, like Chris is clearly an underground artist. He knows who he is, and that's like yeah. really, really yeah. refreshing. So the the underrated thing, which is one of the words like classic and et cetera, that have lost a lot of meaning in rap discourse. Yeah. I just thought he nailed and I, I would hope that people would go back and listen to that. But mostly I just wanted to throw it in here because I think it gets at what you're saying, Damone. If mm-hmm. you were underrated, we would tell you that. Yeah, it's not right, something. Right, it, right. Yeah, it's not something you decide for yourself. It's like a nickname. You don't oh, give yourself a nickname. Right. Um, all right. Other other annoying trends that were noted by our esteemed panelists. No fucking live shows because of fuck ass COVID. Um, <laughs> true. Yeah. I'm reading. That's a quote. Can't argue uh, with that. Uh, people who troll dead rappers. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, we're looking at you. Can I, um, one, can I do one based on that? I don't, sure. I don't like when the content farm people uh, celebrate death anniversaries. Okay. I don't like okay. that shit. That just rubs yeah. me the wrong way. It's like people celebrate who are, a birthday. People who are like super into serial killer shit. That rubs me the wrong way too. Different show yeah. for a different time. I, I don't. We don't need to like make a big deal out of the day people died, especially if it's not like a biggie and their like death was like a huge world cultural, cultural moment. Yeah, it's yeah. like when X Y Z died. It's like thanks for reminding me. Just yeah. kind of scroll here anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Almost as annoying as when Google Calendar all year told you about shit that got canceled. Um, <laughs> like, remember you were gonna do this? Yeah, like, fuck you. To Acapulco. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Yeah, so I, I think that about covers uh, our grouchy negative segment. We're gonna take a break and then we are gonna come back and talk about the most incredible, excellent, artists and albums of 2020 stay tuned dad by the rap pod
Was he a student of Isaac Newton? How was his writing influence? Sit in seclusion, have a private viewing. Creative juices like lighter fluid. See the speedoid boners like wings in the dome. Roughly righteous music in each brain cells. It's all the names of angels, gods, and mutants. It's the fossils of the gospel psychic evolution. A nocturnal sun, evolved race of humans. Before primates confusion, start the earth spinning hectic. Days turn to night, and night turns to day. Within milliseconds, the sky flies away. Through space, dark grays, I reveal the universe's age. Dad bod rap pod. It's about that time, y'all. We are going to talk about the absolute best shit of 2020. Um, <clears throat> as we noted several times in this program, it was a packed year in terms of rap releases. There's a lot of great stuff that came out. We said all of that last year, and it's still true this year. Um, so the next category that we are going to delve into is Song of the Year. Now, folks kind of contributed a lot of different songs. For the purposes of this podcast, we are going to do uh, one song each but we will definitely be uh, hipping you to all the picks that our, our esteemed colleagues and uh, your fellow dad bots have made here. Um, I will start song of the year for me. If I had to just pick one song, if I absolutely had to, it would be Leaving Hell by uh, Rap Ferreira, um, which I know I stole from Nate. So uh, just, just a great song. We, we've talked about, Purple Moonlight Pages so much on this program, and we'll keep doing it because it's amazing. Um, to me, when I hear Leaving Hell, I hear um, the realization of Freestyle Fellowship's vision in, in a new era with, with an artist who's clearly younger than them um, and has, has studied all the lessons and just took that shit forward, and it's, it's fucking amazing. Like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like... Um, Sometimes the term rapper can be a little limiting um, because that, that song in particular, I think it's poetry. I think it's, it's almost jazz. Uh, there's a quality on it that, you know, this could be uh, something that non-rap listeners can even access because musically it just, it, it stands apart. So that would be mine. Nate LeBlanc. Same Z's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Clear, clear best song on, you know, an amazing record, um, amazing video. It's kind of like a psychedelic desert, uh, La Planète Sauvage kind of vibe. Mm. Um, really mm. excellent animated video. Um, I, I want to touch back on something Dave was telling someone earlier. Like when you send someone like that Kill a Priest record and you're like, but don't, don't look at the video, like, or the, the cover the in cover. that case. Mm. I'm, on this one, I'm like, great song, great video. Like sometimes you just totally. have to send people a YouTube link because they don't have Spotify or whatever, you right, know, right, right. it's like right. platform agnostic. And so you'd be like, you know, I'll like send someone this amazing song and they'd be like, what's up with the guy's hat? And I'm like, that's <laughs> not the point, dude. And on this one, it's just nice that it's the, the full package. For me, this is very clearly the song of the year. This is a song that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. It's just, it's really, really beautifully done. I, I just want to give a special shout out to this, the second verse kind of, it's a weirdly structured song, but essentially he talks about taking a shit in a gas station bathroom mm -hmm. in a way that like, I just never thought I would like a song about that. And yet there I was, and I, I love this song. And I just think it's really brilliantly done. And that hopefully we will be leaving the hell of this era mm. uh, coming up pretty quick. And in many ways, that's, that's why it kind of 
made it to the top of the list. It's just a little escapism in this rough year. There it is. Uh, Dave Ma. Wow. Um, my song of the year is Pravda um, off of the Ural yeah. Droog. Um, yeah. It's the posse cut. Um, it's a big song for me because it's sort, of a re- it's sort of a return to lyricism and a return of a glorious posse cut as well. Um, the people on there are Black Thought, LP. Um, obviously, um, obviously, Black Thought kills it, but I actually really enjoyed LP's verse. You know, it's yeah. very sort of um, cantankerous, you know, he's like, gee whiz, pardon, I'm trying to get to your coffin. You know, it's like hilarious and very LP and very not run the jewels, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, with, with that beat, it's a very minimalist beat. And again, just, just to reiterate, it was like a return to lyricism. Everybody was outwardly competing against one each other, uh, competing against each other. So um, that's my cut of the year. It's like a fucking very long song with a very minimal beat but everything is so dense and it's and it it's all underscored by their writing so super stoked on that one uh is 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 makami on that joint too makami yeah. and fahim makami fahim Drug, um lp black thought yeah an an amazing song from an amazing record um i feel like the records that come out uh after like november 15th um, are hard to like put into this, but we mm-hmm. we had an advance of uh, of the Dump God album, and Droog's at the top of his game. Very much one of the best releases, even if it didn't make it in our our punditry cycle. So, thanks thanks for bigging that up. Um, a couple other selections from uh, the gang, as it were. Um, Homeboy Sandman Trauma, which was a a, a huge song. Um, very impactful. Sudden Death by Quality Chris, which is another one I, I liked quite a bit. Um, King Tubby, Arm and Hammer. That one was right near the top of my list too. Charms or King Tubby mm. or just like you could pick three or four songs from Shrines. Or just from, from Shrines, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Shrapnel, Aaron McKee. Uh, Aesop Rock, The Gates. Just giving you a, a, a smattering Stay tuned to our social media. We'll probably be doing a, a full comprehensive list and or maybe a playlist. I was pretty surprised uh, how much joints. that Aesop showed up on uh, mm-hmm. some of the people's ballots, considering how kind of late it came out in the year and how dense it is. Like, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I It would take me six or seven listens to kind of even understand what was going on. I, I don't know. I, I think he came down from, as a person who's like, Aesop adjacent like I've never been mm-hmm, a huge fan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I've been listening to it and it's it's pretty it's pretty I don't I think accessible is the wrong word um I think it's um it's a little less dense and uh the subject matter even though it is called um a spirit world field guide the subject matter is a little bit closer to earth he's being a little bit more narrative mm-hmm, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it there's 808 is involved in a cool way. Um, so that was an interesting plug for Aesop Rock. But I, I did enjoy that record and a lot of folks uh, voted for it. All right. So we have come to a couple of my favorite categories every year, um, which are kind of the, the best alive category, which I think is unique to rap in that we have this very, some would say maybe reductive, but we're always trying to figure out like who is the person, like who is the ultimate, you know, the last video game boss of, of hip hop every year. So this year, let's start off with best 
producer alive, do you want to count to three and say it together? Or <laughs> do you, yeah. Uh, Everyone and, knows who it is. I have a right. slightly left field take on this. I'm going to do a Dave, and because I know everyone is going to pick the alchemist, I'm going to pick Kenny Siegel. Um, okay. It makes okay. Mostly because he's made some of the best records uh, of the last couple of years. He made our literal best record of last year, Hiding Places. Yeah. And um, he, you know, played a huge roles in several of the best records this year. Ajay by Serengeti, who we haven't talked about much this mm. year, but had an incredible year. He had four really distinct, really interesting, really good projects. I know it's not for everyone. It's very much for me. Um, I think everyone should check out some Serengeti. Um, but everyone knows it's the alchemist. Dude. He's just like murdering the game. Literally every project's amazing. Um, I just want to take a second to shout out uh, Sterling Tolls as well. Yeah. Uh, in man. terms of production. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's not even rap production. It's like an expansive jazz production on that one. Um, yeah. It's weird, it's weird for something to sound like it took 10 years and that be a good thing. Totally, totally. And the, uh, the other one I want to shout out is DJ Preservation. Um, that really album, cool. of, uh, upon re-listening, it's like, it's as good as anything else. And he got like killer verses from everyone. So shout out to Sterling Tolls and Preservation. Obviously, Alchemist is the shit. <laughs> you know, like, fuck. Yeah, what, what, yeah it's, it's kind of like, what can you say? And it's, it's so satisfying in a weird way um, mm -hmm. that uh, he was nominated for a Grammy, uh, both for um, his work on Alfredo, as well as the song, um, never ending story which to me was very near the top of my list in terms of songs of the year i thought the jay electronica song never ending song yep yeah jay electronica and jay-z um uh came out right at the onset of the pandemic and every time i think about this year i think i'm gonna reflect back on that song it's very eerie very moody um it's it's what alchemist does best and he's really just in his bag like he's he's doing him to a ridiculous degree uh, he had a couple instrumental records. I think um, I think it's interesting that Alchemist drops these instrumental records, and he has a bunch, right? Right. right. Um, but you gotta be at a certain place for the Alchemist instrumental record. He just don't give you a beat tape. Like it's right. always very highly conceptual to where you're like, did it stop? Is it still right. going? Okay, <laughs> we're still we're still in the okay. Um, he's so unconventional, and, and at the same time, so straightforward. Like as a rapper. These are the beats you want to rap on. In a time where everybody's trying to do what he's doing, he's still doing it better than everybody. So uh, mm -hmm. consensus pick there for the, for the bros of Alchemist. Let's consult the, uh, the or other oracles here. Best producer alive, Mad Lib. Eh, you're never wrong about that. Um, Alchemist, Again, Alchemist, just, Alchemist. We do this every year, but that's the semantic thing about phrasing it like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the, right. okay. Madlib is alive and he's amazing. You know, like I'm actually yeah, really he, excited to hear this Fortet thing where Fortet did like yes. the, the Bob Teal style editing on all these Madlib tracks. Like I'm all over yes. that. But imagine how all over it you would have been in 2000. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fortet has a couple of uh, a couple of uh, bad villain remixes that I I love to death. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited about it. But I, I, I hear you. Amazing record. It's like you know yeah. he's, he's great. It's just it's like this cool view of sconce on Madlib. I'm really excited about it. But please continue. Yeah, yeah. So Madlib, obviously you're not wrong about that. Kenny Siegel was also mentioned. I shout out more mother. Um, getting getting a plug here. Stroh Elliott, who I I 
butchered his name uh, last season, called him Stro Miller. But Stro Elliott uh, is mentioned here. Mugs, which we got a little mugs this year. We got a little bit of mugs. Um, yeah. uh, Metro Boomin, who uh, emerged. He hadn't been around for a little while. Came back with Savage Mode 2. Had some joints on there. Uh, Goldeneye, Fat Tony going, going with the homie there. Uh, Alchemist, 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 Alchemist. He's so, great. I, one yeah. of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to purchase something from one of his merch drops. That's my only thing holding me back from voting for the Alchemist. Oh, I can't get a hat. I can't get a T-shirt. I can't I get know. a piece of wax. Like he's too popular. Totally. Damn! Uh, don't let him get the Grammy. It's gonna be a wrap. Ah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like super happy for him. He's just like yeah. he's an incredible producer and. He's defining the sound of this era, and it's just it's it's great. It's as it's as real hip hop as it gets, and um, yeah. he seems like a humble dude, and he's funny on those Action Bronson shows. And I just I don't know what there's not to like. Maybe he's from yeah. Beverly Hills, but I'm not gonna hold that against him. I'm from San Jose, um, which is the Beverly Hills of the South Bay. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, all right, folks, we have reached. The final two categories, um, <clears throat> this next category in particular, I think is the crux of rap nerd culture, um, which is where we pick our best rapper alive. Um, I love this because the art form is still so young that you could make a semi-legitimate claim that a handful of people are actually the best alive. Um, and so obviously this is a statement of preference, but also, um, you know, there, there are a handful of practitioners which operate at, at a God level, and we are going to see who our respective picks are. Um, Dave Ma, right now, us versus the aliens, you got to pick one rapper <laughs> for the future of mankind. Who are you going with? Uh, this is a very easy one, especially with that scenario. It's going to be Black Thought. He's going to save the world. Um, you know, yeah. I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier the streams of thought not necessarily being his best output, but um, I agree that it's not in terms of the production and sort of overall um, statement, but just as pure rapping ability, um, pure breath control, um, you know, um, his references, sort of his sermonic material now, um, he's kind of unfuckable. Um, yeah. He had five or six guest verses this year, and all of them are probably better than like people's best guest verse ever, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, you, you also mentioned earlier that this was like the three year anniversary of that mm -hmm. Master Flex freestyle. And I think if anybody has any doubt, um, if you know, if Black Thought is that dude or not, you just got to go check that out and make sure you have 10 minutes yeah. to uh, yeah. watch that shit because he, he doesn't start sweating till minute eight, you know. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. immaculate. I started sweating in my totally. um, it, It's immaculate, dude. And, um, you know, I, I always think back of your uh, alien spaceship scenario all the time. And it's like, yeah, Black Dog, go get him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and again, you're, you can't be wrong. You almost can't be wrong in this question. Like, there's just so many people. But maybe if we're saying in the, the pantheon of pantheons, Black Thought, um, you can make a strong argument. He is the best. Nate LeBlanc, what say you? Putting on my semantics cap here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the rapper who I feel like had the best year. Um, I don't know if he would uh, combat aliens well because he's kind of uh, <laughs> under his breath. He's a little soft-spoken, but I think 
what Boldy James did this year is just mm. incredible. Right. And um, I would say Manger on McNichols is something like we've never heard before. It's like mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful art rap statements ever. And it's yeah. uh, when I was listening back to it yesterday to kind of see how I was going to put things in the final rankings, I was so blown away by the palette of the production and the layering and mm-hmm. the way his street narratives fit in with this kind of um, musette concrete, almost like weaving of samples. I didn't realize how Detroit it was. Mm-hmm. It's really like a love letter, but like mm. a very bittersweet love letter to Detroit. Like they should like, if Detroit hosts the Olympics, like these should be the songs that are in the commercials. Mm. It's just, mm. it's so, it's such a great record in so many different ways. And I just think I'm glad they put it on streaming services. Yeah. We were, we were early yeah. to it. We were following it from the band camp days and had Sterling Tolls on. And we'd love to talk to Boldy James some days if you're out there, bud. Um, Real Bad Man, which just came out, which is another one producer project. Actually, all four of them are one producer projects mm-hmm. now that I say that out loud, which is maybe key to the how, mm-hmm. how great everything was put together is incredible. I'm only one listen in, but I know I'm going to get to like 100 listens. It's a great record. Price of Tea in China held the position of maybe the best record of the year. It maybe is my favorite Alchemist Beats of mm-hmm. the year, though obviously mm-hmm. um, Alfredo would be up there as well. It's it's a great record, Speed Demon Freestyle, like, uh, uh, fuck uh, out of here. Come on, come on. You can't yeah. rap better than that. And then yeah. uh, the Versace tape, I didn't love, but it's good. If that right. was the only Agreed. thing he did this year, we'd be talking about it. It's a good record. It's Agreed. just, I, th- I think I got swayed by a lot of the producer homies on Twitter where they're like, uh, these Jay Versace beats are not done. <laughs> And I'm like, it's just a style. I don't really care. I don't have producer politics. Oh, but wow. really, it's just yeah. a slight, it's a notch or two below. But, but Oh, really? Of those oh, but, the, but the Rock Marcy beats are done? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, exactly. Totally. Okay. That's funny. Um, um, but anyway, yeah. so best, best Rapper Alive 2020, okay. Boldy James, just for the sheer amount of ground he covered, all the amazing things he said, and just for like having a year where he just announced himself as a major presence in the culture. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I, I, I would say that he's the he's the best artist of the year. He had the, the most compelling, most consistent, best shit of the year. Um, what do you, you know? Yeah, he took uh, he's taking the mantle from what uh, Rock Marcy, Marcy did did uh, two years. What is it? Two years ago now? Two years ago, he had the six uh, albums, which yeah, is pretty tough. Yeah. Four, four big <laughs> albums and an instrumental thing, and it's like okay, dude. <laughs> Yeah, kind of ridiculous. Killed. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you, you're you're not wrong about Boldy James. Amazing year. Um, I the new record, Real Bad Men, I think solidifies that his ear for picking production is is just top notch. And I kind of made a joke about that earlier in this episode. But so much of being dope on albums is the beat selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's he's definitely mastered that. So shout out Boldy. But love, yeah, we'd love to talk to him. Uh, wordplay, mad intricate. Nate, did you like break into my Google Docs and like read my review of Mandron McNichols? <laughs> it's like, I'm like, is he, he's, he's taking my bars. He's, he's <laughs> um, very Detroit. Love, love that record. We'll get into albums in a minute. Um, my best rapper alive, and I, I do come from the, um, the alien invasion um, kind of analogy. Um, I would go with Rap Ferreira. I just, I really feel like um, in terms of craftsmanship and artistry, living in one rapper. Um, I think it, I think he's the, the personification of um, 
the highest level of what you can do with this stuff. And I feel like um, his poetry and let's say musical chops um, are used in such a way that uh, it, it blurs the line a lot, but in a way that's never not rap. Sometimes cats get into the poetry and I'm like, oh, we're not doing rap anymore. We're doing something else, we're somewhere else. And whenever, whenever he goes in that bag, it still feels like really deeply compelling rap music. Uh, he's very complex. Uh, my girlfriend was explaining to me who the poet Loker was yesterday, just so I could, I could catch up on some of this. But, uh, but then he just comes back with really cool, catchy stuff and does a song about his laundry. Um, so I think uh, Rap Ferreira in, in this alien scenario uh, would be amazing. Uh, and again, there's no wrong answers. Nobody's better than Elucid. Nobody's better than Billy Woods. Nobody's better than Black Thought. Like, it's a weird uh, context. Maybe I'll switch up the question next year. We'll see. But uh, uh, Damone, I have two things to say. Do you have a record player in your apartment? Not yet. Okay. If, when you get one, holler at me. I have a beautiful LP of Lorca reading his own poetry. If you and your okay. want to listen to some okay. Spanish poetry and do whatever it is people do while they listen to Spanish poetry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, yeah, I mean, it's tough to not talk about Woods in this discussion. He had an incredible yeah. year. Yeah. Um, the new record Brass with More, More Mother is really heady, like really demands attention. Um, I don't quite know how I feel about it yet. It was a surprise drop. And it's, yeah. it just, it needs to be contended with. Everything he says is interesting to me. I think he's probably the most interesting person on earth. I just want to know what he's thinking and how he's doing what he's doing. And Shrines is just, just incredible. So yeah. either Woods or Elucid and Elucid had some other stuff um, with small bills. That's, bills that's, yeah. that's just incredible. So it's, it's hard to narrow it down too much. I, I said what I said about Boldy, but really my, you guys know my heart is more in like the arty stuff that sure. the, the New York guys are doing. And um, I, I just have to give huge shout outs to both of, them woods and elucid or just masters of their craft operating at the highest levels i feel lucky to be i think i say this every year around the time when i feel like i need to make this speech i feel very lucky to be alive and intensely focused on the music while they're making it like mm -hmm. i think they're, the, the mm -hmm. shit they're doing is historic and i'm going to be mm -hmm. thinking about it for decades and um it just it has to be contended with it's it's weird following a year and like trying to put things in categories, but you, both Woods and Elucid, but for me, it's always particularly Woods is probably the person I listen to rap the most. Like if I'm mm. just like hanging out and my wife's not home or it's like time to go for a walk and put in the headphones, I'm, I'm putting on Woods like a huge percentage of the time because what he says to me is just so compelling. So I just want to make sure we mention yeah. that before we move Absolutely. on. And I know a bunch of people of our contributors mentioned Woods and your old yep. Drew said Woods, you know what I mean? Like yeah, seriously. everybody loves Woods for, for very good reason. Yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, at that echelon. Uh, other other rappers that were picked by our contributors, uh, ASAP Rock, Ka, uh, Andre 3000, um, and his, his pan flute, always amazing. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, Bad Bunny. I was like, did Gary Suarez vote? This is, uh, E40 mentioned, um, great to see that. Freddie Gibbs, Boldy James, and Boldy James. So you're not alone, Nate. Uh, amazing year, amazing run for, for Boldy. All right. Well, this is the, the crux of, uh, of the seventh element of hip-hop, which is uh, creating lists. And this is the 
album of the year discussion. Terribly difficult. I listened to so much rap in the last 30-ish days, like so, so much rap. Um, just trying to catch up and just trying to stay on top and, and really make a smart uh, pick and not kind of just lean into, you know, I've been listening to this record all year, so this is the record. Um, Dave, let me ask you, I'm not going to ask you for, for your pick yet. We actually have some consensus picks, but just talk to me about your listening habits this year with, with rap music and like, who are the, the people, the albums that you, you really gravitated towards and kind of held on to uh, through this crazy ass year? Um, my, my listening habits is probably like everybody else is slightly sporadic. Um, a lot more listening during the morning time now that shelter in place and COVID and things like that have, you know, limited our schedules. Um, but I mean, in terms of this year, I mean, you know, sort of to Nate's point, like we were, I just feel so fortunate, um, to, to be listening to what is happening while it's happening. Um, and so this year, I mean, again, shrines, Billy Woods, um, you have cats like DJ Pres Preservation, Sterling Tolls. Um, I love the Drood record. Um, I, it's, I think it's incredible that LP has one of the best guest verses this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. The JLX, um, both of the JLX I thought were dope. Um, but I do want to do a quick shout out to Killer Priest because uh, Nate and I have been talking about that. And um, his two albums this year are fucking incredible. And I know that might sound weird, like, Yo, uh, check out the new, uh, you know, Sons of Man album. And it's fucking 2020, but it is seriously incredible. And and, and anybody yeah. that likes the JLX, um, I think would like this because it's very much okay. in the same vein. Um, okay. it's, very, it's very much spiritual, cosmos, chakras type stuff, but it's writing. It's high level rhyming, um, very atmospheric beats. And um, anyways, that's kind of what I was checking for. In In addition to all the wonderful stuff we talked about, I mean, alchemists you know um yeah. even even producer of the year i mean we didn't even mention rock marcy you know what yeah. i mean he's he his recent album brilliantly produced and also he produced the stove that cooks i mean so it's just a year of spoils and you know an embarrassment of riches yeah yeah absolutely uh nate last year we were in this phase of like is this some type of like renaissance goldish era uh, my um, personal feeling is that mm -hmm. yes, 2018 through 2020 appears to be like a 92 through 94 kind of situation here. I think mm. we're going to look back and it's very stratified because you kind of have to be, we're an underground head or whatever, like kind of it in this art rap or underground or whatever thing. And there's, there's really cool music happening at all the different levels. But I think for the stuff I'm into, like yes this is this is extremely good music i want to throw out some stuff that's not the album of the year but stuff i really enjoyed yeah um, before we before we go into it um amani and king vision ultras an unknown infinite i think is a really good record king vision ultra aka gang is a friend of the program and i had listened to some of his music before this but this one really like caught me i was like damn this record's good it has a uh, campaign to be pressed on vinyl on Bandcamp right now i'd appreciate it if everybody went through some through some money at that um vic spencer's album psychological cheat sheet had my favorite beats of the year by august Ooh. fanon um oh. i just i love that record um i think it's totally underappreciated um vic is a friend of the program we've had him on twice i follow his career closely he got this insane batch of fanon beats 
Um, August Fanon is probably my number one person I want us to be able to talk to for the show. Absolutely. I know he doesn't really do stuff like that, but that's okay. Someday. Um, I just wish more people would listen to that. I really liked records by Chuck Strangers and Logi, two artists I wasn't familiar yeah. with before this. Um, I feel like I mentioned these guys. I, I'm going to, I'm going to break my arm patting ourselves on the back here a little bit. I feel like we introduced a lot of people to that Koreatown oddity record. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> I so. I, I in our like, lane? Yeah, people mm-hmm. were not taking him seriously in our lane. He was kind of in the like the Stone's Throw LA, like, the, like he kind of took mm-hmm. off the wolf mask and then it allowed people, including myself, to take him a little bit more seriously. Totally. And so I think we, we just timed that really well and like helped, helped shine a light on a really special project. Dave mentioned the preservation and I'm glad he did small bills. I got to say again. And then Alfredo is an incredible record in most other years. It would have been a huge contender for album of the year. And many, for many people, it still is for me. It's just a little bit. um, I tried to surround myself with more positivity kind of, and like a a drug narrative thing wasn't going to win album of the year for me this year when it was so dark in other ways, but what a, what a great rap record and Gibbs rhyming on it is just incredible. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to also, we we would be remiss not to mention Open Mike Eagle's album as well. Thank you, Dave. Yes. Um, Insane. Incredible. And I think one of his, his best albums, uh, his best work. And it's so vulnerable and fun. You know what I mean? It's um, tough to get those two in the same package. Totally. And and it's so Mike, you know what I mean? Um, Just wanted to shout that out because it's an incredible um, project. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those years where I feel like there's probably 10 to 15 records that I should have listened to that I just couldn't get to. Mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. was just it's it's an interesting problem to have. I think somewhere in the early 2000s we had a glut of absolute shit, like just horrible, horrible records in in really big numbers. Um and I think we're we're coming to the opposite problem, which is a better problem to have um that we're just getting more and more dope records and Nate I I will push back a little bit and say I don't know if we will look at this as a defined era of new greatness I think we're this is kind of a new normal mm. I think the art the art form is so diffuse so many voices so much access um that we can hear there was a time where we weren't going to hear some of these other type of records like they would have to find us right but our access is so great. I think uh, I think rap, the general awareness of how to do this shit well is more widespread than it's ever been. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just everybody everywhere raps and makes beats and everybody's somewhere, everywhere, somebody's like super dope. So I'm looking forward to like more, um, more years like this where we have too many dope records that we can catch up with. Uh, feel free to hit us up at DadBodRapPod on Twitter. Let us know what we missed, but like, be cool about it. Like, there's four thousand albums came out. If we missed it, we're not being. <laughs> Damone just I... opened the door for the Run the Jewels heads to come in. I know. I was us. just gonna say. Yeah. Um, let me do two more. Nappy okay. Nina, Thirty Bag. Yeah, like, Thirty Bag. I like fell in love with Nappy Nina and that record in particular this year, yep. and she was really great guest on the show. And I really feel like more people should check her out. And then a weird record that's kind of not for everyone that I really enjoy is uh, Chester Watson. A Japanese mm, horror right. film. He's so ah, in his own this. world. Right. I, I is, enjoyed it, that as well. I it forgot. is a fascinating record. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd like yeah. to talk to him someday too. But anyway. Um, all right. All right. Are we getting? All right. Are we getting to the announcements? Yeah. Stage? Yeah. So, so a little bit. Let me let me 
peel back the curtain a little bit. So every year we try to make a kind of a consensus dad bod rap pod pick for the album of the year. Not necessarily that this was everybody's album of the year of, of the three of us, but just kind of looking at everything that came out, who, who stood out, um, who kind of captures the, the zeitgeist of right now and, and what was the top record of this year, if not necessarily everyone's favorite. We also solicited uh, from our contributors, uh, who shout out to all of them, which is in a pretty impressive list um, of folks, of, of writers and artists and uh, homies of, of the program uh, with some really uh, great taste in rap music and, and some great diversity there. So just want to take some time to thank everybody who voted. Um, this list that I'm about to give you right now uh, is the Dad Bod Rap Pod official top three albums of this year. We're going to start at number three. Insert drum roll. Uh, we are going to start at number three. I think you should do like a trap drum roll. We got to update the drum roll. Um, 16th note hi-hats. Like a rattlesnake drum roll. What could um, define the dad bod ethos more than trap drums? Um, why is you here, bro? Um, so... We're gonna start at number three, and we're gonna work our way up to number one. So number three, album of the year, Alfredo, Alchemist, and Freddie Gibbs. Can I tell you guys um, something? I know I'm, I'm not supposed to interrupt, and I was really trying not to. I hope you guys can tell I was trying to be good for the last two hours. Um, the this album cover was on a list I Googled of worst album covers of the year, and I wanted to throw my computer out the window. Really? Wow. I completely disagree with that take, random totally. website. It's totally. A great, it's a great yeah. cover, and the whole, the whole packaging of the album and the combination of their names to create Alfredo mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. invocation mm -hmm. of eating some fettuccine Alfredo is one of the best things of the year. So totally. I just couldn't disagree with that less. And I kind of just did this, but like, what a great record. This, uh, this oh. album is incredible. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great record. And Freddie Gibbs, it kind of confirms his uh, ascension to the top of a category he, he thinks he's not in or claims not to be in, which is funny to me. Uh, but talking, we, we had an interview, I won't spoil it, we have an interview that's going to come out a little bit uh, later with a prominent producer, DJ, who worked for Freddie Gibbs from the beginning. And I'm just like, Freddie Gibbs, you, you're just an underground rap legend, man. Like, just, just own it, believe it, be it. His career is in an in a incredible place now because he figured out that you could rap on these type of beats. And he embraced it. And he's been doing this for years. But he's really hit his stride. Alfredo is an amazing record. Um, and I feel like uh, the bandana pinata stuff kind of put him on a Alfredo. Track. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I love these one word titles. Um, so, yeah, definitely Gibbs uh, did amazing work. You know, you, you could do worse than Alchemist beat, but it's not like he, he was lazy about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, he got in there and, and just kind of killed shit. So there's a couple um, moments on there where I'm like, you can't rap better than that. Better than that, right? I, I didn't like really note the song title, but Dave, do you want to get in here? What do you think about Alfredo? Um, it was, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the best albums of the year. Um, I think um, 
to Damone's point, the Mad Lib albums were sort of the antiposty to the self Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a brilliant album. And I think the, the, the sparse beat by um, Alchemist actually allow Gibbs to sort of be the metronome. You know what I mean? He, yeah. He's the percussive element in it. Um, what's not to like? It has my favorite um, guest spot of the year, which is Tyler's Burst. Um, He's talking about jumping off a yacht. It's amazing. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really say anything that you guys already haven't covered, but I think it's incredible. And in a yep. incredible albums, it's incredible. And uh, nominated for a Grammy. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but that, I mean, that in and of itself is telling you something that um, uh, Gibbs is, is kind of ascendant um, as well as, as uh, the alchemist. All right, number two. Number two, this album was so close. Of the year. Everyone, so close. it's so, like, so close, so close. But what's number two? Number two is Shrines by Armin Hammer. Um, it, it, a, a record of incredible complexity, beauty, uh, textures, the whole thing. I mean, I know we talk about Woods and Elucid on this program quite a bit, as we should. Uh, because they occupy a certain place in in rap, but the way things came together on shrines as as many kind of writers and people have pointed out was a, a different a little bit of a different landscape for them, and it just it worked it it worked very very well so um, I obviously love the record, Nate, I know you are a, are big on this record as well i love this record and in probably any other year this would have been the album of the year i just have to point out for my personal list making uh, things which i get to express on this show and on the passion of the weiss best of list which for me are the definitive um documents of these kind of things i had paraffin by arm and hammer number one in 2018 hiding places by Wood solo with Kenny Siegel in 2019 with a bullet like nothing was even close and then this year it's just it's so close but for me this is the second best album of the year I, I re-listened to everything for me it was Manger on McNichols was number three Alfredo probably would have been fourth um this this number two it, it's an incredible record the interplay between the two MCs is incredible the beat selection is incredible I like this record so much that I watched a making of video about one of their videos. Like I, I'm just here to inhale <laughs> far you went. Arm and Hammer content. I bought a hoodie. I watched the live stream. I bought the record. I bought their old records. Like I'm in, I'm fully in on Arm and Hammer being, making some of the best rap music that's ever been made. And the fact that the, they, the two play off each other, and this is a little bit inside baseball, but if you listen to our uh, couple, we've interviewed them separately and together, um, at various times, the, the way they're such big fans of each other, I just yeah. find very heartwarming. Like, I, I think that's so cool. Like, I'm, I'm here totally. to support my friends. I love you guys. I'm like, I want you guys to be podcast superstars and they feel that same way about, or writing or rapping or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And like, as, they feel that evidence, way about each other. As evidenced by Woods, who was right. a contributor to our list. And again, that's kind of a flex because like Woods is a contributor to totally. our list. Totally. He <laughs> picked the Lucid as the best rapper alive. Yes, so. and he, he, you could make a very good case for Elucid being the, the best rapper alive. Not, not nearly enough people are talking about his album, Small Bills, with the lasso. Sure. And mm -hmm. we tried to put our thumb on the scale for that one as well. But uh, Shrines is a work of art. It should be in a museum, as Indiana Jones would say. And like, it's, 
I, I, I kind of don't have enough good things to say about it. I hope I get to write about it at some point because I could really delve in on a lot of these themes. But I'll just say um, it's extremely memorable. From the first time I listened to it, I remember where I was when certain lines happened. And I'm like, I've never heard anyone say anything like that before. And like, uh, that's, that's how I judge the quality of rapping. And this is about the best rapping you can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Dave, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Shrines? Well, yeah, I mean, we've sort of editorialized a little bit about this in the background, but it's actually my number one record. And, um, you know, uh, I believe in full statements, right? And this is such a full statement. And in, in, mm. from down to the song titles, to the cover art, which we talked about earlier, um, and, the, you know, it, another part of the reason why this album is so fucking good is Elucid. He, and though he just gets lost because, you know, because Billy Woods is fucking Billy Woods and he's Pharaoh Monch right now. And you know what I mean? Right, right. And so it's just like, um, yeah, I think that album from top to bottom, most memorable, sort of like what Nate was saying. There's just, I mean, I can just repeat 50 lines that sort of swirl through my head that, that are like, no one's ever said this. It puts you in a time and place. And um, yeah, I mean, sort of jumping back, I mean, I could easily say Billy Woods is also the best rapper alive right now. Absolutely. And you would, you would not be wrong uh, by any measure. Also, as we noted earlier in the program, uh, best album cover, uh, Nate would, would be able to tell you that their, their merch um, is, is always cool, always original. Um, so yeah, we're, we're obviously big on Arm & Hammer. Shrines was an amazing record. Just, I mean, just barely uh, was our consensus album of the year. But uh, we are going to move on to the number one album of the year, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Our pick for number one album of 2020 is Purple Moonlight Pages by Rap Ferreira. Uh, We've gushed about this record so, so much. I feel like that that one sports commentator guy that just like loves LeBron. <laughs> right, <of course. laughs> that's funny. I'm like, you know that guy that's just like attached to, a, to an athlete and kind of just like, that's, I know that's how I sound. Um, but, but, you know, the, the album is in a year of great albums. Um, most fall into a couple categories. Shrines and Purple Moonlight Pages set themselves apart from most of what's happening in the genre. And I feel like Purple Moonlight Pages, I'm not trying to draw a dichotomy with Shrines, like they're obviously amazing records in their own right, but for this nerdy exercise, uh, Purple Moonlight Pages is dope in a way that most things are not dope. Um, Painting with, with darker colors, um, being angsty, being like this deep, dark, moody thing is part of the reason I love rap. I think it's what rap does well. When you start painting with other colors, um, not as easy. It's really easy to get into something that would seem corny or kind of like bad fusion. Uh, Purple Moonlight Pages manages to be really good rapping, rapping. Uh, with these other kind of beautiful um, uh, textures. So that for me is like um, the reason why it kind of eked, it eked out uh, just ahead of Shrines in the sense of its um, uniqueness and, and what's going on in rap right now. I don't think we quite have a, a voice like Rap Ferreras and the Jefferson Park Boys just created a, a landscape in a year where um, drums were a dirty word to some, 
just had a, I don't want to say boom bap, but this like reinvention of something that is very rhythmic, that is very uh, dense and multi-layered. So I think this is my last time I get to gush about Purple Moonlight Pages. <laughs> For a while, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've been doing this since February. Nate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you don't have to take it from us. Yeah, we were fortunate enough to uh, have Rap Ferreira join us to accept this non-existent award. Um, and no talk trophy will be placed into the mail. We don't have that kind of loot. No, no. And, and honestly, I'm afraid of what that trophy would look like. But <laughs> uh, he was kind enough to join us. Um, and talk a little bit about Purple Moonlight Pages um, and the year that he's had that about Rap Pod. Hassleproof, spit it in nothing but absolutes. I don't remember asking you for a comment. Feel like bombardment, vigorous work, a real jerk. No Steve Martin, no we not Spartan, no we not sparring. My mind's favorite yoga pose is pulling okie dokes. Heroes turn to hokey rolls, it's so laborious. My plot piece is a coordinate. My dojo taught insubordinate. Dad Bod Rap Pod, we're back. Our annual Dad Bod Award Show, the best fake award show in all of podcasting. Uh, this year was a crazy year. Um, generally speaking, but in terms of rap, it was an amazing year. So many dope albums came out this year. But in our humble opinion, one stood out above the rest, and that was Purple Moonlight Pages by Rap Ferreira. And we are so, so fortunate uh, to have Rap Ferreira joining us in Zoom. Man, what's good? What's up? Thank you so much. That Yo, thank you so much. That's awesome. Yeah, man, just uh, thank you so much for dropping in to talk to us about it. I think it's kind of interesting in the terms of like the politics of the year in rap that it held the pole position for so long. It came out relatively early in the year. The world changed completely underneath it. And for me, at least, it really was an album that I used kind of as like an emotional, spiritual crutch during this dark time. Like it's, it's just a really, it's a really beautiful record. And I think a lot of what you have to say on it resonates with me in my personal life, but also you're just rapping at an extremely high level. And then the Jefferson Park boys just brought a lot of soul into it and like really put it, put together something quite beautiful. Um, so if you could talk to us a little bit about how it got put together, who are the Jefferson Park boys and like, what was the kind of collaborative process like? Um, so the Jefferson Park boys are, Kenny Siegel, Mike Parvizi, and Aaron Carmack. And uh, they all lived for a while in the same neighborhood of Jefferson Park. In LA. Mm. And so they would make beats together. And they're all kind of the homies. Like when I'm in LA, I stay at Kenny's house most of the time and just be kicking it with those guys all the time. So it, it got to a point where when I knew I wanted Milo to be over, mm. and I to start something with my real name, I knew I wanted it to be like, I don't know. I, I, it needed to be grown. It needed to sound, mm. you know, a, like a mature statement. And so I just felt that's what they brought. Um, you know, the, they're like top shelf, world-class musicians. 
beat makers, producers, they do all of that. And those are like similar, but also separate jobs. And, and you really see that on that record, like the little producer flourishes, the ill beat maker moments, the like really like instrumental fly shit going on. Like, you know, and, and even just organizing all that, you know, like some, that's something that Kenny brings to the table that like almost, I don't know if the audience ever thinks of like organizing mm -hmm. all these musicians, motivating them, getting them to perform well. Like, you know, it's a random Tuesday. You're not thinking of when this record comes out or if people even like it, you're just like playing some piece, you know, separate from some other shit. You're just like totally trusting, uh, you know, us. And Kenny is really like the main thrust of that sort of um, work for, for this record. So I really want to like, just big him up on that. So that's who the Jefferson Park Boys are. They bring a lot of, um, you know, not just like creative power, but like an organizational technical prowess. They've been in the game for you know, many years independently and as a unit. And they can really like hit that Voltron mind exceptionally well with the beats. And so it came, um, it came with the, the sound came off of like, I don't know, maybe the first beat pack they sent me had a lot of different directions. They can make a lot of different stuff. But we started honing in on the sound. So the first three tracks were like, an idea is a work of art, uh, Golden Sardine, and Doldrums. Those hmm. are the first three songs we made. And it was like, okay, shit, we know where we're going now. <laughs> we dialed in, so, yeah. That's dope. Um, you've been pretty vociferous on social media about your feeling that this was album of the year um do you do you feel i don't know the need compelled to um to make sure that people pay attention to this as i was kind of watching that i was i was noticing there was some intention there can you talk a little bit about why you've been so outspoken about your feeling that this is the album of the year i don't know if i would say that exactly <laughs> album of the year but I think it is an album that like yo I took a whole year off to just digest my sentiments as like an, an adult human in this world mm. to think about how I want to make a, a statement that would be effective no matter what and I mean obviously I didn't know COVID or anything like that was going to happen but to like spend a whole year making this record and thinking of like timelessness as a quality and like, what do people, what, what are things that people will always need? And thinking of being a, a musician as like a servant, you know, and that's really like something that I don't think a lot of albums I hear are, are, are considering as part of the job or work. And so for that reason, I think it's important to discuss this album. Again, I don't know if I would say it's the best of the year or anything like that, because I don't, it's hard to say something like that. There's so many good ones, yeah. but it's there with them good ones you know <laughs> uh, and, I, and it's just like look I don't have you know the game is so funny it's so funny like I was thinking the other day I seen a journalist talking about like you know payola for press but to me having a publicist is kind of payola for press you know? mm -hmm. like I don't have a publicist I don't do that stuff it's just me talking my shit and rapping hopefully good enough that motherfuckers notice and like y'all I really appreciate y'all noticing that shit because, you know, the last time I was on your program, I definitely talked my shit about what I thought this record was going to be. Mm. And to come back and have y'all agree with that is like, thank you. It really <laughs> affirms 
this to me and like, you know, I'm not playing it on the um, mainstream level or anything like that. I don't want to. I want to be where the heads are, where the cats who like really listen to shit. You know, I hold y'all in the high esteem. So uh, I, I appreciate that. Yo, man, you, um, you mentioned um, that you wanted to make a mature statement, um, something that's timeless. So you mentioned the, pro the production flourishes on the album. And, you know, since, since, it, since we're, we're calling it the album of the year, I kind of wanted to see sort of what you thought of the album now um, and how it sits with you. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's definitely the first record I've made where um, I still love it when it's out. Mm. Most of the time I drop a record and I kind of start distancing myself from it. <laughs> I start to be like, oh, wait till next time, dog. I don't know about that one. But this is really just a culmination of like, you know, 10 years in this. You know, I've been making a lot of records. It's not really a true debut or anything like that. But it's the first thing where I'm like, I won't put my real name on this. Okay. And now that it's out, I just feel even better about it. You know, I, I hear records that come out. And I'm just like, yo, I don't got to say nothing if you hear Purple Moonlight Pages, that album will speak for itself, you know? And that's really, I guess, to kind of go back, that's what motivates me to kind of talk my shit. Because I just am like, look, you just listen to this shit. Like, you're not going to hear about it any other way than, right. you know, something like, oh, this guy's arrogant online. Whatever the fuck I got to do to get you to click play to hear, like, what I'm, my heart is about, you know, like a tweet or whatever is not going to get it across, but record does. Um, would you mind, and you don't have to go too far into this if you don't want, but just give us a sense of what your year has been like personally. I, th I think we've all had a weird year, but would you mind giving us kind of a peek behind the curtain of what's been going on with you? Uh, yeah, man. Um, it's been a really difficult year for me. Uh, not because of COVID. COVID has not been that hard for me to cope with. But, um, I've gone through a lot of family stuff, and actually my my grandfather passed this year, and so that was like a big one for me. You know, my gramps and I are really close, and he was a really big, like, you know how Arrested Development had, like, Baba Yagi or whatever? Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, like, unofficial member of my shit, you know, like, Ruby mm -hmm. he was, like, in Ruby Eye, you know, and, like, <laughs> grand advisor and just the seer you know and it was like man I really cherish that like intergenerational thing you know so that um that was kind of like happening like the decline of him and stuff was happening all in the beginning and then he died in the summer I've just been processing that since and COVID if anything you know not to say I'm grateful for it but like it would be very difficult for me to do shows and be in public and be trying to make my shit normal while I'm processing this. So, you know, working from home right now is sort of like a blessing that I can do that as a rapper. I found that niche, you know, like my basement is like a fulfillment center now and I'm just mm. you know, doing my thing. So, um, you know, for me, I don't, I don't really want to like uh, complain, you know? I don't know, it's been a long year, but I'm just, I'm happy that rap has held me down. You know, I've been at it a long time, living off my craft. And when the pandemic was first start, starting to happen, I, I kind of was getting really anxious. Like, how am I going to live, man? Mm. You know, like, I, I'm a touring rapper, dude. And that's really been my main bag. And uh, pivoting and kind of freaking the, the merch thing, the vinyl. 
And again, the record is dope, right? Like I didn't, yeah. I had other records in the, in the canon, like, yo, I'm gonna slam them with shit if I have to, but I didn't have to. I just let that one ride. I'm uh, very sorry for your loss and thank you for doing the record the way you did. I know you kind of took some online slings and arrows for that as well. Personally, as a collector, it just, I, I couldn't be happier with it. I couldn't be more proud to pay for it. I'm just like super stoked to own that record. Um, and it, it will have a permanent place on the shelf. So I appreciate the way you did it, man. Like, you, you know, I'm a fan. I don't have to like lay it on too thick, but like, seriously, it's beautiful. Like the way the gatefold is, the way the inner sleeves are, like I care about that stuff and you nailed it. My boy, um, Alex, that was like his like last project with Ruviat. He knocked it out the park and, you know, it was really special for all of us. Um, so it's, it's awesome to hear that, that you've seen that too. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So you kind of mentioned like the big pivot that yourself, a lot of other artists have been kind of forced into, but projecting ahead, um, what, what, do you, what do you think your 2021 is gonna look like? Um, given, you know, maybe we'll be able to come outside again, who knows, but like kind of what, what, what are you looking at as you look at this new year coming up? I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty simple character. So I, uh, I'm not expecting that shows are going to come back in a way that I can like lean on that leg. Mm. So um, with me, I, I've got like an album I'm going to drop pretty soon. It's like insane. Then I got like two albums that are, that are very, very, very good. But I need to figure out whatever I'm going to do make them catch your eye right because I mean, yeah this next thing I've been working on all year um is this cafe mm-hmm. I'm a uh, opening cafe yeah. oh okay <laughs> okay <laughs> what's it gonna be called it's called Bob's Sun Cafe ah yeah Bob. so. it's, wow. it's, in, uh, it's in the garden the garden level of the Scouts Hotel <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's dope man um uh, it's real it's it's um it's like this whole vr thing that we've been working on hello wow i'm gonna drop it soon and it like works with your phone and on on computer too and it, it's got like this what you said the gyroscope and you go through these rooms and you listen to the album and everything's interactive and it's it's been taking like so long to work on so i'm gonna drop that next year Wow, that's wow. incredible. Yeah, I hope people would have. Wow. Um, hey, man, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, making the album for the heads and not having a publicist and stuff like that. And, you know, given that this is our end of year show, I kind of wanted to see what other albums this year in rap spoke to you. In rap? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start sweating and shit. <laughs> in rap you mean not like folk music and nothing <laughs> well for the purposes of this show i was think i was thinking rap albums yeah. no, playing. um i mean you know i listen to all my homie stuff and i think they're the shit like mikey's record lucy's record army hammer record i'm on that joint um i think you know the other day i shot out my my dudes and loopers i really like his his stuff this year. He's got two albums. One that just dropped, Valley of Life, is like exceptional. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, that Getty, Ajay, that, that's ill. 
Um, I listen to like, I don't know, I kind of been out of time. So I'd listen to shit backwards. Uh, oh, RMC Mike. I like RMC Mike a lot. I listen to him. Um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That J Lek. That J Lek. Okay. Dang, all okay. Uh, yeah, that was that phenomenal, phenomenal work from Mr. Electronica. Holy smokes! <laughs> True. <laughs> you know that like Ezekiel's wheel beat is just like always in my brain. It's always mm-hmm. on my, in that little skit. Like dum dum gum I love that. I love that so much. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, Man. Uh, Man, we, we, we just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, obviously, we're huge fans of your work and of this album in particular. So, um, you know, we wish you all the best going forward. And uh, when, when the VR Cafe project comes out, you know, we, we'd love to, to chat with you again and, and just get the word out, man. Uh, I know Nate would say this, but I'm also just an evangelist of your music. I, I make people listen to it. Thank you, man. Um, so... <laughs> You got champions in the field, man. Just thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me anytime. I'm always down for the dad bod. Y'all know that. Awesome. Thanks, Rory. Be well. Um, And yeah, just uh, thanks for the music, man. This PMP is just a beautiful record. All right. Take care, my friend. Bless. world where artists bend backwards for benefactors and victims are to be blamed as bad actors my mind running all around poetry is illegal unless you're under the underground devious with determination solitudes crowded by isolation wandered wearily for several eternities gaining acclaim using fake names vanishing by sunrise committing to the wisdom of the unwise in buildings where if i wasn't a performer they wouldn't let me pass the foyer here i am pulling spectacles for the uninitiated voyeurs but being piss poor corrupted the discourse as power functions on a sliding scale so you might as well so you might as well you know what i'm saying dad bod rap pod that was our conversation with rap Ferrer. i want to thank him for coming on and accepting this award, second consecutive year that the winner has been gracious enough to uh, come on the program and accept the award. We'll have to uh, give so E-40 the album of the year next year so that he has to come that, on and accept it. That, that's the way that this is working. Um, so, or, or maybe we can work in Megan the Stallion. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I want to just go over some of the... Uh, some of the other picks that our contributors made. Um, and again, we want to thank them for, for chiming in. Um, so we, we did it in the style of kind of like MVP voting. Everybody gets a, a first, a second, and a third place pick. Um, in first place, there were a couple first place votes for The Price of Tea in China. Um, Trines, very popular with our group, uh, Purple Moonlight Pages. A couple folks agreed with us on that. Other albums receiving first place votes, Descendants of Cain, Innocent Country 2, uh, Miles by Blue and Exile. That was kind of uh, surprising to me. That was cool. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And, and maybe, I, I hate the word slept on, but I, I think it did get a little drowned out. And I love that album. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, they, it has like 30 something tracks. So it's, yeah, yeah, they're, it's they're, they're, there's plenty to revisit, but it was, it was stellar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the Cobb the record is incredible, too. Like, totally. I, I totally. really, I, I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. No wasted words, no wasted nope. sounds. 
totally. show me another record in any genre that's that pristine. I think I think it's totally. beautiful. I totally. love that record. Um, shout out to Rock Marcy as well. Just another exquisite release. Totally. Another year, another yep. exquisite release. Um, yeah, so that was, although it, it just, it came out so late. I, it doesn't really show up on our list, Mount Marcy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, came, it came out really late in the year. Um, and perhaps on another program, I'm, I'm here to debate Mount Marcy a little bit. Oh, not tonight, really? though. Oh, not tonight, really? though. Okay, let's, let's do that tonight, soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second place, uh, Alfredo consensus, second place pick. Um, a bunch of people picked Alfredo. The Goat by Polo G was the next uh, highest second place vote getter, which I haven't, I haven't uh, tapped into too much. Uh, Don't Feed the Monster, Homeboy Sandman. Another one, Don't Play It Straight uh, by Small Bills. Those were some of the, the top. Uh, Mount Marcy did get one second place vote. Uh, all right, and third, pulling up the rear. Um, very interesting mix. My my turn by Lil Baby, not to be confused with Dub Baby or Lil Baby, but Lil Baby. Uh, Run the Jewels four, Descendants of Cain got a bunch of looks at third. Miles Blue and Exile Savage Mode two. Um, but the top third place vote getter was Little Dominique's Nosebleed by Koreatown Oddity. Um, don't play it straight coming up right behind it. Um, and some action for Shrapnel and Spirit World Field Guide. Um, so again, thanks everybody for chiming in. We really appreciate it. Anybody who listens to as many flipping rap records as we do, uh, deserves praise and also some therapy. Um, so we're, we're happy they could chime in, uh, and be a part of this. And we appreciate all the contributors that have, uh, helped us out this year. Now, Dad Bod Rap Pod typically uh, will take a break after our award show uh, to refresh. But since we've all been trapped at home for the last six months, like, fuck it. Let's just keep going. Uh, so we got, we have dope shows lined up. So if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you've been with us, maybe you do every other week or something like that. We're going into sweeps week, uh, the next couple. So stay tuned with us. We've got dope programs all the way through 2021. Um, so, you know, vibe with us. I just have to say as like a production note, they're going to, we come out on Thursdays, so it's going to be Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Those are not days I would pick to drop podcasts if I were a good producer, but we just, we're rocking with the Thursday thing, but trust me, you can let one, you can listen to it anytime. We consider, especially the interviews to be evergreen and just to be kind of contributing to the historical record of hip hop. But, um, if you stick with us, I think you're going to enjoy these next couple. We have some some really awesome ones coming up that I think will hit a couple yes. of different sectors of our fandom and some some stuff that we've been wanting to do for a long time. So it's exciting. Yeah, it is, man. And, and just uh, want to thank everybody for rocking with us. This has been a, a seven-hour uh, episode. So if you listen all the way to the end, you are the realist. You've made it. Um, Dad Bod Rap Pod, you can always interact with us and social media at DadBodRatPod on Twitter. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram at DadBodRatPod. Uh, we're definitely excited to uh, have y'all rock with us this long because we wouldn't have kept doing it, honestly, uh, were it not for the listener engagement. So we, we appreciate y'all. Uh, you know, keep tuning in, tell a friend, uh, and, you know, rap, man. It's great.
Dead by the Rat Pod.